0: All right, we've made it to our 10th episode, I'm thrilled. Apparently, to celebrate, I decided to destroy the original edited track, so I've just completed a marathon high-speed editing session to get this ready to come out. If I've missed anything sound-wise, I apologize, although I think it's pretty okay. So, in celebration of the 10th episode, please have a look at our Instagram feed, at Pod. Uh, we're going to do a little like, follow, share contest related to our guest. Our guest on this episode is Angela Fama, uh, a Vancouver-based artist, um, creator of the Death Conversation game and just really fascinating person that we had an awesome conversation with. Uh, The Death Conversation Game is a card game in its original form, but fairly recently uh, was released as an app as well. So the contest prize is going to be the app for the winner. Um, Also, quick reminder that we are still encouraging people to check out the Therasil website, T-H-E-R-A-P-S-I-L dot C-A. We're big supporters of that organization. Uh, We are also still sponsoring a comedy tour, ComedyOnTheVerge.com. And in other news, we also just found out that we've been accepted to the Vancouver Fringe for this September. So we are going to turn this podcast into a live performance version and debut it at the Fringe. So keep an eye out for that couple things to note, the Death Conversation Game, if you're interested in it, the uh, website is deathconversationgame, just exactly how it sounds, alloneword.com. And there is also uh, a live online Let's Talk About Death event uh, hosted by um, Angela and a co-host on June the 26th. Uh, registration tickets are available on Eventbrite. You can just search Let's Talk About Death in June. I think that's it. Hope you really enjoy the episode. It's I, I loved the conversation. We had a great time. Welcome to Talk Me to Death. I'm your host, Amanda, here with my co-host, Andrew. Hello. And today we're speaking with Angela Fama, an intersectional artist based out of Vancouver and creator of the Death Conversations game. We're very excited about this conversation. Thank you so much for joining us.
1: Hi. Yeah. Thanks for having me. Yeah. Thanks for coming.
0: Yeah. This is awesome. You've been incredibly helpful in getting this all organized. I appreciate it. So thank you so much for joining us. Um, Could you maybe start by telling us a little bit about your background and how you came to create the Death Conversations game?
1: Yeah, for sure. Um, I am an artist, and uh, about 15 years ago, I started working on um, social practice works where I would think of something in my own brain, and then I would, or in my own emotions, my own thoughts, and I would go out and inquire with others just to see if what I was um, thinking on, or, or pondering, or questioning in myself, what others were thinking and pondering. So I did a series of projects that sort of ended up taking me to what. Ended up being really big questions on death um, alongside a, an accident uh, when I turned 30 that brought me face up with death. So it took a long time for my art practice to actually come to to really be able to directly question death and, and sort of look at um, what I wanted to approach with it. But it's from an art background and then also from a personal experience background. Um, yeah, it started out as an essay. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> So
0: uh, an essay about death or was it an essay unrelated to death that then kind of went down a rabbit hole or?
1: It was an essay uh, where I was being questioned to sort of think on an idea or something that I wanted to see answers to. And I ended up not really wanting to fit in the format of an article, an academic article. And that death idea had been in my brain and everything I've approached about it in my own life was always um, secondary removed. So either you're in it or you can read about it. But the idea of actually talking to people directly about it, I was having a really hard time. And I've always been a really open speaker, and a lot of my projects deal with the things people don't want to talk about. So it seemed natural that I ended up with death as the as the last in a sort of series. Um, but yeah, it was, it was supposed to be an essay, and then I realized that what was written, what I was writing about, wasn't what I wanted to talk about. So I decided if it wasn't written what I was trying to seek, I had to make it happen. So Yeah, it was more about community and speaking with the people around me rather than reading about it somewhere else.
0: That's a brave stance to take. I like it. Could you tell us a little bit about like the precursor projects that you say sort of fed into this? I'm curious.
1: Sure, I will. Sorry I interrupted. No, Um, not at all. uh, The first one was Mirror Face. Uh, It was after I almost died in a car accident, which I'm guessing we'll probably talk about at some point. Um, Uh, Yeah, yeah. Uh, Mirror Face was a, a photo. I was also a professional photographer. I was originally an artist as a kid I grew up knowing I'd be an artist I was always my baby was making art and then uh, as a young adult I just thought okay I have to figure out how to survive I didn't know much about successful artists so I thought okay I'll find a way to commercialize my art so I became a commercial photographer but after my car accident I kind of woke up and was just like Matt nah, you're an artist at the heart like that's your route you need to feed that so I used the skills I had from commercial photography with my artwork. And started documenting i came in and had people come into my studio and just make a straight plain face and then i had a mirror under the camera that i would expose after i would leave the room and i asked them to give the mirror what their mirror face is like that expression you give yourself before you leave the house when you're like okay i'm done i'm ready um and it was to kind of compare those two ideas of what we actually look like as opposed to what we think we need to look like to be powerful so it was about identity it was about Um, I guess projections or ideas of identity and that started a whole series of projects where I started that sort of integration with a straight-up portrait and then steps afterwards while I was asking a question or or I guess after the question. So from there a few years later that was like with 12, 15 of my peers Mm -hmm. uh, my close community and then afterwards I ended up doing one called Profile Face which was a public event at an art gallery and similar concept but it was the second picture was the image that you would want to project for social media. So a very public idea of how you want to present yourself Um, and that was a like an interactive art project I guess. Um, The third was How Are You Um, where I set up at Car Free Day. So that second one I ended up uh, photographing over 100 people in one night. And then the third was in a little bowler on a car-free day on Main Street, and I individually interviewed 100 people and photo-documented their response to the question, how are you actually doing today? Um, Not just how are you, because most people, it's good or busy. (laughs) And I was like, let's start talking about real. This is our community. These are the people that are around us. Let's, um, Let's actually discuss what we're actually feeling. Um, And from then led to the biggest project that I think was the one that sort of the the flip of the coin to it was death um, was what is love. So I drove across. They kept growing. (laughs) Start with with my tiny community and then I'm like, all right, let's go North America. So I drove across North America in an RV photo studio and interviewed uh, over 300 people uh, about, again, individually alone on different in different spaces. So not just my community or an art community. It was. Uh, a flea market or a a farmer's market or a city festival so all sorts of different environments and the question was what is love to you actually not not what you want it to be or what Hallmark says it is or or the dictionary what has it been to you in your life so that project ended up kind of flatlining me in a way I didn't expect so that was about six years ago that I finished that one and um, or was uh, it took about two years um, to complete but that one flatlined me and took me to this other side, like absorbing 300. Love is a really painful, and it, it, is, it is in keeping with death. So the two are really linked. Um, and it took me back to that questioning of death that I experienced at the original start of these projects when I had the car accident that almost killed me. <laughs> mm. So it was, yeah, it brought me, it brought me, I couldn't really go anywhere after that project, after asking what love was, then facing death in, in my art and my communities, I guess.
0: What a fascinating pro- uh, progression. That's incredible. <laughs> the long the long answer. <laughs> so so then what? How did you come to to the Death Conversations project if you, if you felt like you'd flatlined and and you know sort of had had nowhere to go at that point? What what sort of like got you going again?
1: I had kind of um I guess kind of gave up. I was a bit like, oh, that project was a lot. And it took a lot out of me. And I had a lot of community support, um, raising funds for it. And just I felt really spent and not quite sure what to do. So I decided to go back to school. (laughs) So I went to Emily Carr. And um, before, I was always a bit of a punk with my... uh, Still am (laughs) in some ways. Um, But I went back to school to get... uh, A different language of understanding art and it was through that 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 the desk came came out I wasn't expecting it I never planned it and I didn't pre pre I want to make a game in fact it's not really a game it's more of a facilitation tool but Mm -hmm. yeah it ended up being a side effect of that yeah
0: that's cool so it's almost like I mean I I, tell me if I'm wrong here but almost kind of sounds like it's been art as therapy as well as art always yes Mm -hmm. yes
1: I think um, for me in, in my art practice, I always try and make sure that um, it's past just the here I can draw, or here I can do this, art, art's everywhere, everyone is an artist. I think art is, is a part of living. Um, so I make a really good uh, good attempt in my own life, again, since the car accident. Before I always kind of grew up outside of normalized culture, I suppose, I didn't grow up ever inside of a standardized structure, so it was easy for me to think of art so expansively. So. Mm-hmm. My artwork has always been a part of my life, yeah, and also integrated, so within but also within community, so back and forth, back and forth, that kind of thing.
0: I admire that my brain really doesn't doesn't work that way, That's it's fascinating to me. I actually, in another lifetime, I actually used to to be a stage manager, mostly because I wanted to hang around artists, <laughs> because I, lo- I love the way the artistic brain works, and I just don't feel like my brain fires that way, but it's so, so fascinating to me.
2: Yeah, and I was, I was, I used to be a musician, and so I would, the I, same thing, I'd hang around artists, and it was, it's funny that you mentioned like being a like punk about art because we were just listening to a book on the way down here. We we're in Vancouver here, and it was it's about basically a guy being a punk and and doing making his own way, uh, who's a very mainstream guy right now, but uh, just it's interesting listening to his story, and uh, and actually when you say art about how it's we just remarked on our way down here too how. One thing about Vancouver, which we're recording here in the city, is that we we're like there's art everywhere. It's actually kind of nice because it's something you don't necessarily see in urban areas, right? So it's kind of in your face, and so yeah.
1: I, lo- I love hearing that about Vancouver. Yeah, um, just uh, I've lived in a lot of different places, and I've lived here in Vancouver now for the longest uh, I'd say 25 years now, um, for the longest spell in a in a row, um, with breaks in between, but. I love that it's starting to be more known as that. When I first moved here, I was very just like, wow, there's something you can do all the time. There's so many people. There's all these different uh, platforms for it, whether it's music, whether it's creativity, whether it's comedy, whether it's it's um, art itself or the performance of art or just anything um so I appreciate being reminded of that because mm-hmm. <laughs> you know when you've been somewhere long and it's like there's shit there's always more there needs to be more
2: <laughs> well it's an interesting intersection too because we we know that like art is you know as an artist I know like I can have dabbled in myself and things but it's sort of like and same with our podcast is like it's to start a conversation right it's to like make you think outside of the norms and and um so I mean that's it's it's kind of funny to see well not funny but it is interesting that you're you have an art project that starts the conversation because that's what we're trying to do too. So,
1: mm-hmm. it's, per, it's a This was a term that I didn't realize I had done for many years, but going back to school, social practice. That's what they're calling it these days. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that interactive works that, that changes as a result of, of connection um, with, I guess, the viewer but <laughs> or the participant. Um, I also like that you mes- mentioned that you were... Um, I also like that you mentioned that you're a musician because mm-hmm. uh, I did music for a long time as oh, well. Okay, and, nice. And when I was younger, I like how things are starting to become less siloed out. Mm. When I was younger, you had to be one thing or the other or the other. Yes. So I was always a little. I kept my music separate from my artwork, separate from my commercial work, separate from. So my life was a little bit more isolated out, mm. um, and now I now I. Last like 10 years or so, at least, I've just been living really integratively and it's yeah. awesome. Um, yeah.
0: Yeah, no, it's, it's, I, I feel, I mean, maybe it just could be because of the the echo chamber that I'm living in. but I do, I feel like people are living more expansive and yet more inclusive lives. You know, um, something as simple as I'm an ER nurse and, and the idea that an ER nurse would do something artistic like a podcast was just, there's five years ago, eight years ago, there's no way that anybody would have, no, <laughs> mm-hmm. you are either a public speaker or you are, you know, a healthcare professional and, and never the twain shall meet, you know, and, and now partly due to social media and the me, me, me culture, <laughs> but in some ways it's been positive. It's, it's kind of interesting. And I think it's, you know, it, there's, there's potentially a lot of good there. People are actively integrating themselves in, in a conscious way. Um, I think that's that's really cool that we're moving in that direction.
2: Well, and art is becoming oddly, I mean, through, um, there's a lot of art that's becoming mainstream too. And they're like literally selling it as a carnival thing. And uh, have you ever heard of Meow Wolf?
1: Ringing a bell, remind me. Yeah,
2: so Meow Wolf is this project, I think it started about seven or eight years ago. These guys did this, uh, started this thing as an art installation. It's just a house in New Mexico. And you walk in the house and it's, just a normal house and you walk around and then you just explore the house and you open different doors and it goes to different places that are not actually part of the house. So like the one thing is you open this refrigerator and it's just this giant white light of a tunnel and you walk through and also it's a labyrinth, it's Alice in Wonderland. And so you go through and, you know, truth be told, these guys built it as an art installation, but they're like, you know, stoners and psychedelic people are going to love this place, it's going to blow their mind. But the most most of the people they get are just like, you know, soccer fan, uh, soccer mom families from kansas that come through and they're like we oh, want to see this and it it actually makes you know that it 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 blows their mind they're sober people but they're like oh you know i open a fridge every day but i've never expected to see this and then you go through and it's like i say it's this from the outside it looks like it's just a house but then this it's this insane thing um they just built one in vegas that i think just opened up last year and i think it's something crazy like i'm i'm it's Lots of square feet. I think it's ten thousand square feet or something. It's crazy or, or more actually. I think it might even be sixty thousand square feet. But this big thing and it's again it starts out as a normal everyday thing that you walk in and it just expands and it, people go holy smokes and it's the inside the mind of these and it's a whole bunch of artists that built this thing. But again, it takes the everyday mundane and and it's now become kind of a mainstream. Thing. It's a it's a, a tourist attraction which is really cool. So. Anyway, off topic completely, but...
1: No, not at all. It's cool. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, it, it's inspi- it just makes me think about just that awareness of industrial age and where we're at and the, mm-hmm. a lot of things in the last few years with these integrative projects has been trying to use the digital medium in a way that's healthy yes. and integrative. So that. what you were saying about how nobody would have thought of me as a podcaster and now I am, it's like, yes, and that's using this, this sort of tool in a way that's integrative. And I, and I actually think art me being political here, but I think art is changed. It yeah. is no longer a painting on a wall. Yeah. So that and, and it is main everything is mainstream. There is no again, that outsider concept is a part of patriarchy. But I'll keep I'll keep yeah. that uh, <laughs> No, you're not you're not wrong. That's I mean yeah. that's,
2: that's sort of the whole thing is like we, we have an I don't know we, we notice that there's like a shift in things. And that's try to what we're, we're trying to like talk about too, is that there is sort of a there's a difference between I, I, the mainstream is trying to keep up with what's happening on the outside and they can't, you know, it's sort of a weird thing.
1: Where, very exciting.
2: Yeah, it is. It is very exciting actually.
0: I mean, and that's, that's really the thing is, you know, uh, all, all the conversations we've had so far about death and my personal line of thinking on it is, is, you know, uh, again and again and again, I'm sure people will get sick of me harping on this is talking about death is actually really, if you're truly willing to consider your own mortality, what you're doing is you're looking at your life and going, this is going to end. Let's make it worth it, which means you don't have to limit yourself to I'm a this or I'm a that. I'm a worker or I'm a or I'm a you know player. I'm a you know uh, I'm corporate or I'm you know retired. Like whatever it is, uh, you know, you, you just you don't have to. You can you can be all the different aspects of yourself, and that's that's the truest way of honoring your life in mm. the face of death, mm. which is going to come for all of us. Yeah, I think, mm-hmm. but that's just me. Yeah. No, yeah, it is definitely is. You're not wrong. It's
2: definitely coming for all of us. Yeah, definitely <laughs> so, coming for yeah. all of us. So just so you know.
0: But, but yeah, I mean, I, and I think that it's, you know, um, one of the things that we hope comes out of this, even if it's just for one person, is the idea that, you know, you don't have to be happy about the fact that you're going to die, but you can really take it as an opportunity to, like, dig in and be like, okay, who do I want to be until that happens, you know, um, and really and really go for it. Um you know I mean, honestly, it sounds stupid, but even doing the podcast it's it's like my miniature version of going for it because why not? life's too short. Mm-hmm. you know, <laughs>
1: life is way too short. every single moment is amazing, yeah. just the fact that i I don't mean amazing again, it's not like, yay and know, it's happiness every day all the mm-hmm. time, no, but it's it really... just the breath, the fact that I just took a breath, yeah. I, it's 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 just unbelievable.
0: It's true, yeah. If you, if you stop and consider it, all of the all of the myriad of factors that have put us in any any one of us in any one moment are truly inconceivable. The the chain of events, or you know, the yeah, the biological fact of our physical existence is stunning. Mm-hmm. Or the planet that we you know walk around on and sleep on and you know consume every day is like it's amazing and the way that we're all built to to go back and forth with it like it's it's truly gobstopping. except mm-hmm. that none of us stop to be gobbed <laughs> like
2: no it's true
1: <laughs> or we do and that's when the flat line happens <laughs> yeah <laughs> so it's a, it's a constant cycle of getting gob stopped and okay 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 and then carrying carrying oh gob stop because it yeah. can be it can be quite um halting if you stop to think about it, if you try and get too deep into that into that unknown it's it can be it's beyond an ability to to fathom I think
0: yeah I mean I, I think my personal opinion is that some of that is socially trained um that we we haven't been trained to have the spaciousness and capacity to to take that in but I also feel like people are moving more and more towards the ability to have that you know because we're becoming more artistically minded just day to day um which I think does inherently create that sort of space and appreciation because you can't can't be an artist and not notice the details
2: well and i think also having like you said too is you can't be happy all the time and it would be you know one of my favorite comedians that's uh, out there now is he he's like a um sort of a social philosopher about things and he's because that's what that seems like everyone's trying to do right now is just be like what can i do to be happy and then if you can't it's a, it would be a horror to be happy all the time it's not like you know there's not because you eventually you don't as you know i mean i'm sure there's a lot of people like say you know money makes it so that you don't worry about things as much but you're not if you're chasing happiness and you're trying to you you have to have the other side of it to appreciate the happiness mm-hmm. if you have everything for yourself and um more and more of the conversations we have with people that are are deal with people that are in um uh like a uh palliative situation or they're they're going to die the more they actually have control of the like oh this is what's going to happen i'm going to come to terms with it this is how i want it to happen then they actually start living they said that's actually more and more these professionals tell us that they're like oh yeah these the people that are in the face of what seems to be horrible and horrific they're like ah oh, this is great because now i have this figured out and i don't have to worry about it so i can actually take this moment in
0: it it, it is it is interesting though because you know uh, again you know i'm probably living in an echo chamber but i'm enjoying it because i feel like you know um, the thing that keeps being reinforced in these conversations we're having is, is that, yeah, the balance is so necessary, you know, life, flip side, death, you know, love, flip side, loneliness, happiness, flip side, sadness, busyness, flip side, downtime, you know, all those things. You can't. You cannot appreciate any of them unless you have the other. If you only had the quote-unquote good, it would be awful. It would be yeah. so boring. <laughs> um, and if, yeah, if we knew that life was going to go on forever, what, what would be the point? I mean, I feel like it would get really boring really fast.
1: I don't know about that. I think I just think um, sometimes, and I, I agree, but the life forever part, I'm like, eh. That's one of those things. I think we spend a lot of time thinking about things that we will never actually Mm. have. So that's I I do a lot of work to be in the moment where we are. Mm -hmm. um, And our culture does a lot of those dichotomies of good or bad, right or wrong, hard or easy. and I spend a lot of time with those in-between spaces because mm-hmm. I feel like it's all cyclical. There isn't like who chose what the day of like, winter was yeah. to summer, right? Yeah. Like it's always in contrast yeah. to something. Mm-hmm. Um, and the more that I've leaned into that, the more I find that serenity, that acceptance that to me is fucking
0: re- nope Nope.
1: (laughs) (laughs) to me is really fucking cool yeah Yeah. um because it's that resistance of the bad coming is when it starts Mm -hmm. to feel bad and you can feel that when you're really happy as soon as you feel happy the second you feel it's like but i gotta hold on to this i gotta keep it i gotta keep it i gotta like it's so rare that we actually feel happy or sit with it like and they're often those feelings um the more work i've done with sitting with the moments happiness and sadness, if you really check what you're feeling, feel really similar. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's that excitement or like mm-hmm. when you think anxiety, sometimes often excitement. Like there's just so many, again, the, what we're taught and trained for how we understand what we're feeling or mm-hmm. existing within. So everything you're saying is is I'm, I'm, I'm on board with uh, that awareness of the more that you pay attention to it, the more beauty life has. The more, maybe beauty is not the right word, but the more richness or the mm-hmm. more um, ability we have to live our lives as they uh, like see them as they are and live as we need to be within that yeah. and each person it's it's our own decision what that needs to be yeah. so it's it's very exciting I think the well, more you look at it
0: it's fascinating too i, I think andrew's probably on the, on the same page with this where the more you just sit with what actually is the less there is the quote-unquote perception of bad it just it just is you know life is just life it's it's technically completely neutral, and we're just going around painting it with whatever brush we've got at hand
2: <laughs> yeah it's it's funny well also just not to uh like identify too much with the feelings i mean i I had a experience this week where i had um i had like some sciatic pain I went to a physio, and the guy's like i'm gonna do something i'm gonna give you a dry needling if you know what that is, and it's basically what it is it's like acupuncture but they they stick a really thin gauge needle in Basically, your hip area, and they they get right into the muscle, and it's and it's uh, and they kind of wiggle it around, and it it sounds about as painful as you can imagine. Yeah, fun. So, but it, <laughs> but it is. But he's like, is this going to be uncomfortable? And a lot of people have really bad pain with it. And I've had it before, and I was like, no, I know, I remember the feeling being like, ooh, but this time I was like, uh, this this does. He's like, doesn't this hurt? Because some people don't feel anything, and I said, no, no, it it hurts like hell but I also know what's coming after. So I'm sort of like going, I'm just gonna sit with this for a minute because you know there's something that I've, I've heard before about people going, I can't bear the pain. And it's like, well, who can't bear it? Because here you are alive and bearing it because if you can't bear it, you're dead. I mean, really. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And so I, I really identify a little bit more with those kind of like uh, unpleasantness things. And the day before I had kind of a mini sort of thing. I was at the dentist and I had teeth cleaning, which is, no, nah, that's not that bad. I didn't have any cavities. But I mean, that hurts in certain spots where it's just like there's you know scraping away, and I'm like, again, I'm not going to identify with this because I know it's going to when I leave, I'm going to be like, oh, that feels nice. So it's not getting caught in the like the heaviness of things, but also feeling it too for what it is, and be like, you know, this is might suck now, but it's going to be better later. So
1: yeah, and sorry, no, yeah. absolutely. Um, That reminds me of an experience. uh, Do you guys do roller coasters when you were kids? I love them. Yeah. (laughs) Okay, I didn't. I had a very. I wasn't really allowed. um, But so as I got older, I like I like excitement of um, experiential. But my body doesn't get too high on that. Like bungee jumping, not for me. Yeah. Um, I can do some of the craziest shit possible, but the physical part is just like ah. So I decided I was like, okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna work with this breathing, being present, what like not identifying to the reaction to whatever my body's feeling. And I went on a uh, when I was first started doing work with this, which was again about ten years ago, I went to Playland and went on that old rickety wooden oh, the oldest that one terrified yeah. me. I don't know why. <laughs> well, because it's the oldest yeah. wooden roller coaster. <laughs> um, so I decided I was like, okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna do this, and and it was the coolest fucking feeling like everyone around me is going "Eh!" their arms are up in the air there's all these crazy and i was like i'm just gonna sit and breathe and the feeling i actually felt like i was weightless for for a second there was just a minute i was like oh this actually feels really cool (laughs) um okay (laughs) on to something here what are what is my body actually feeling as opposed to oh everybody says this is scary so i'm going to react with that scary response and how much of that is separating yourself from what living is? Like when we're just in our brains so much, we don't really feel what our, body, our bodies are feeling.
0: Yeah. Oh, our heads totally get in the way of our bodies. Although from a philosophical standpoint, I was saying to Andrew after he t- talked about his dry needling, um, I sort of find the physiological cycle of that interesting philosophically. I feel like there's like parallels in the world because... What's happening is the needle's going in, it's irritating that section of muscle so severely that the muscle's actually spasming and overusing all the chemicals that cause the muscle to contract until they're completely burnt out and then it can't and then it has to relax. There's no other option. That's why it works. It's a very uncomfortable process because you are spasming in the meantime, but then it's done and you're like, oh. How many other things can you apply that to? Oh, you so know, many. so many, so many. <laughs> well, also,
2: it's like even like you know, there's uh, holding in if you feel like you have to cry. You know, if you just go, you yeah, know, I'm gonna do it. Cry, like you know, eventually your body's gonna go. I'm find, finding a way to do this. So if you try to block it, so that's the same idea. If you don't, if you don't just let that go. Um, so yeah, it's it's, I, and I mean even just identifying with those feelings too much too because like i say it was the physio guy was like this doesn't hurt and i'm like oh no it's it sucks but i also know it's okay to be like and actually i didn't really amanda explained it to me after what had what that was just like she just explained what was happening and i was like oh okay that makes sense why it kind of goes away but it feels like you got kicked in the ass literally for about a day and a half but uh then it's then it's fine yeah
1: yeah I love that. I love bringing this up because um, that original question about what led me to this, I've also had some life experiences that have been quite traumatic. So I've had to learn how to heal and how to process. Um, and there's been a lot of that learning on reaching into it and in, instead of, oh, if you're feeling like I love that you just brought up feeling like crying, you know, you can try and avoid it, but you're still going to end up crying eventually. Mm-hmm. Just go in. It doesn't mean it's going to feel great. But it's going to release whatever's being penned up and then what's after that. Yes. Um, and I also love that saying, um, Amanda, that it's in so many different areas because you can learn that repeatedly and repeatedly and repeatedly. But it's in so expansive uh, uh, experience of um, showing up in our lives that it sh- it just comes up around every second. Like last night, I actually woke up in the middle of the night. And was like, oh, I guess that was something I'm not dealing with and I'm not going to mm. get to sleep now because... I've got I've I've been avoiding for long enough and I thought it you know like you you can you can know your process but the things there's so many things that can get can get that pressure build up that you have to be consciously always sort of checking in like okay is there anything I'm uh, holding on to yeah yeah Yeah, and just loving whenever it shows up it's like oh okay there you are cool I'll think about you for a while all right feel whatever this is yeah
0: it's it's a practice i flailing at personally <laughs> no amanda's doing very
2: good at it we were just talking about this we were walking our dogs and we were uh we we're just talking about that because she, there's a thing where yeah it's 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 really just i, I again it's, i think it's just being being the witness like you say to being the to being like oh this is happening let it happen and but also like you say don't assign good or bad to it mm-hmm. just is mm-hmm. just be like because that's a you know like you said it's it's i i really feel like you know, whether you like it or not, this is my opinion. And, and it's just like there's like an uh, – it's the remnants of the – not the real patriarchy, not the real – the thing the things that we give power to, right, that don't exist. But, you know, whatever this meat space suit we're driving around in, you know, it's re- really good at programming. And we're really good at, like, identifying with things to be like, oh, this is me because I'm not good enough or I'm not this. And and it's more, I don't know, I don't really uh, – I just, uh, I guess it's the thing about like, give your so instead of giving your care and attention to the thing that you don't want to be, give the care and attention to the witness to being like, oh, this is just happening, it's okay. Mm-hmm. So, so Amanda, you are good at that.
0: <laughs> well, I mean, that what I was complaining to him about is that I feel like I get really stuck because I've I've reached. I've evolved enough that I can recognize when I'm having one of those like reactionary moments. It's not really what I think or feel or believe, um, but I still then get stuck in going, okay, I see it. How do I turn it off? (laughs) Mm -hmm. Because this isn't the thing I want. And now I'm giving my attention to it. And I'm annoyed with myself for that.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Well, I think what you said, um, Andrew, about that patriarchy leftover of like the training it's so good like I've been learning on this for so long and I was laughing last night when it showed up because I was like oh okay you're just gonna sneak yourself in there any way you can like just that that and then there is the more I learn about it there's there's always more to kind of block me from it um and one of the biggest things is resistance now now it's like oh no I know I'm cool with that I'm good with acceptance I'm uh, I'm good so why are you here again yeah (laughs) you know and it's just there's always more to be like oh okay I guess I gotta well, deep
2: breath <laughs> well and for those that are listening too, like i mean it's it's interesting because you're like oh it's about the, you know earlier you're like about the patriarchy and then you're like nope i'm not going <laughs> to talk about that and I, I i will say as a man because i'm in charge of the patriarchy in case you didn't know so no just kidding <laughs> I'm, but, <out>. uh, yeah. <laughs> I'm not i just i i just by being male that's how i got wrapped in i didn't know but but yeah i mean when it comes to death and comes to like it overall that conversation I, I recognize for myself too because again it's you know and don't feel emotions and do the do this and put a stiff upper lip and and that's part of the the thing of people going um denying that death is going to happen and that's part of that you know looking yourself in the mirror and feeling those emotions and doing mm-hmm. because again being you know it's a, a being a victim of being a, a person that's like a man you know, that is I, I'm uh you're you're taught you have to turn away from those things and not look at it and just it's it's weakness, it's whatever, mm-hmm. right? And um so there is remnants of that that kind of leak into like what the death conversation is. And for me I'm sort of like I don't really I don't know, I'm just again it's not trying not to give it that power, right? Mm-hmm. So well, I don't know if that makes any sense for but
1: Yeah. Anyway. It does. And, and something that just pops up when you're saying that control, we can't control. Death. Right. It's yes. like the one thing in life we can't control. Mm-hmm. So we're just going to do our best to ignore it because we can try and control absolutely everything else. We can try, yeah. but yeah. we can't control change. We can't control death. We can't control much, but mm-hmm. we can think we can. But death, we absolutely can't. So. And
0: I mean, that's the really subversive thing is we are we are trained in so many tiny ways on so many levels to abhor lack of control. That is not acceptable. Um, and and it's, I mean, that is the worst thing we could possibly teach ourselves. Like the worst thing. It's absolutely
1: <laughs> unattainable. <laughs> and why oh, would yeah, you want it? If I was, con- again, that thing of like, well, if you had it all, like if I was in control of everything, like fun. <laughs> I was
0: gonna say, It would be super boring because, you know, it would be so predictable and it would be, you know, consistent and you know, which is lovely sometimes, but mm. ugh, not all the time.
2: Well, and I think it's the the really the, ultimately we have this uh, what do you call it, illusion of control. Anyway, right? You know, we always. Th- I mean, there's certain things we can control, obviously, immediately in our space. But for the most part, I mean, we have no idea. We just drove down here through two mountain passes, and you know, anything could happen.
0: Mm-hmm. Lots We're of, in Vancouver. There could be an earthquake any second. That's true. <laughs> yeah, mm-hmm.
2: yeah, anything. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, so it's it's really. I think the surrender of that is fun because you don't have it anyway. So it's, I don't know, it's more, of it makes life more fun to be more of a mystery too, right?
0: Well, I mean, think about going through a haunted house, right? Where you're, where, you know, if, you, if you're willing to like just be present in the moment, it's like, it's the thrill of, I have no idea what is coming next and it fires you up. And Now that's a super extreme example, but it's the same basic principle. If you can let yourself relax into that, you know, I have no idea what's coming next how cool is that?
2: No, it's it's very good because I mean I find myself a lot of times in everyday thing being like the mundane of knowing what's coming next is kind of makes life boring sometimes if you're in the that's why people you know hate nine to five sometimes after a while so because it's not unpredictable
1: you mm-hmm. know well it's curious too because that change the one constant of change um, I was just thinking about the example you gave about the about the fright um, house. Um, If we think about how basic, basic animals, we're just animals, we are Mm -hmm. not separate from nature, Mm -mm. we're just animals, and we're just trying to survive, who knows where, why, and what, there's lots of ideas about that, but that excitement comes from the fear that we might be hurt, that we might die. And then with that comes that excited energy of life.
0: Yeah, exactly. You're Crazy. You're the
1: moment. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. They go hand in hand. It's so it's so it's that interweaving of those two dichotomies that are always always and in relation to each other.
0: How powerful. And I'm, I'm definitely not, you know, uh, far from mastered this. But how powerful would it be if you could bring that dichotomy truly into your day to day? You know, I mean, I, I, it might be unsustainable 24-7, but even, you know, regular uh, doses of it, you know, like, because there is that like, oh, I did it, you know, I made it through. I'm awesome. I'm powerful. I faced my fears, whatever it is, you know, I'm going for it. um, And, and we we stick that in a back closet in, in the storage unit and forget about it, you know, because we're like, oh,
1: it doesn't sit very well in capitalist, industrialized, westernized culture. No. I'll just no. say that for a fact. I've been on and off. I go off and I do crazy 10 day quiet and silent minute like I'm I'm pretty like actively trying mm-hmm. <laughs> to to exist in that space because I I saw it so closely and that's the closest I've come to whatever a feeling of serenity could be so it's just the, the more simple things became the easier it was to approach that um but it's really challenging um yeah I mean we're we need community we need others so it's a strange place to be thinking these thoughts in a world that is is trying its hardest to control or to survive but losing the point point. Mm-hmm. Um, and I know a lot of us are feeling that so mm-hmm. yeah
2: well and it's it's really something that when you said the animal thing it's, it's something I, I don't know how it's a conglomeration of different people I've heard but they were talking about you know actual animals and being like antelope exists with lions they're always 200 meters away
1: we are actual animals and
2: then they're actual <laughs> animals but they don't they're not the antelopes don't live in fear Even though they know, you know, at any given time, they're like, there's the lions over there. We know they're there. And the lions get in. They're like, now we're 150 meters away. And then the antelope are still like, okay. And the one that's a little too far, further back, he gets eaten. But the other one's run away. They're not mad at the lions. They don't care. And we've as animals, so there's no, so basically what I'm saying is there is no animals that live in fear. Fear is not actually part of nature. It's something that we live in this fear-based fake reality that we've given power to that we go, it's so real. But I, so I know what you're saying is like trying to like d- d- uh, detach yourself from that is ultimately kind of like an ideal place to be. However, I think it kind of like strangely I've noticed for myself is like I'll, I'll, I can get to those places too, but I also have to honor being a human yeah and so that's because if you were actually always in you know i've read about people that are are spiritual people that like would go to these places that they're just like they look like they're they're dead you know literally Mm. you wave your hand in front of them (laughs) but then they they come back because that's part of the because otherwise they should just stay there and then disappear right yeah but they're human still, so it's like that's part of the magic of being human is being able to like go, whoa, whoa, what happened? Oh, I'm back yeah. here
1: now. Yeah, and I'm not in any way saying that it's ever that goal to detach no from No, that. it is um, I know what you're saying it's, it's though. The, but. It's the animal nature, and I, you brought that really good point about fight, fight, freeze, and our response, and our memories, and our stored memory, mm-hmm. and how we don't let our bodies naturally receive things or just feel it because mm-hmm. we've been taught and trained, you don't do that. You yes. don't, you must do this. We we've, we've systematically trained our, our responses to act within these patriarchal guidelines mm-hmm. um, but I totally the space that I was talking about trying to exist in was unifying this human animal body yes of course that includes yeah, yeah. the brain that Absolutely. includes the heart and the body and all those responses for so. sure Hence, that yeah I didn't is think you were saying yeah, yeah. <laughs> try to run away from reality no <laughs> yeah. but
2: I'm saying that that's that, that's finding that balance how do I be a human how do I be a human human animal not afraid of lions yeah
1: so yeah. really yeah. that's I mean, so or to have that fear, because animals, they feel it, and it's that's how they respond. Those those antelope, I think you said, as soon as, was it antelope? Yeah, I mean, Yeah, antelope, yeah as soon yeah, as exactly. the lion gets closer, when they need to, they feel it, exactly. and they respond. So yes. it's that thing, if we, the more I've gotten in touch with actual feelings, the more like, oh my God, my body's always telling me what to, what I need to do. Mm-hmm. If I actually just listen to it, it's like the best teacher, when we're, we're so totally. disconnected from it in our brains, I like the big, huge overspan time. The yes. brain takes. <laughs> well,
2: and the more we go, uh, the more scientific we get, you know, quote unquote, and and about like people go, oh, there's, you know, DNA is, it's got muscle memory, it's got that thing. And you'd think then antelopes would be afraid. Do you know what I mean? If we, would, if we were to apply that evolutionary logic over 10,000 years, you'd be like, why aren't they afraid? Are they stupid? No. They're just like, they go, this is life.
3: Yeah.
0: Life. And they don't think, yeah. and they're not
2: mad at the lions and they don't go, they're just sort of like, well, Roy got it. And that was yeah. it. You know, he was too close to the wall. <laughs> no, or I mean, I, yeah.
0: overthinking is is a strictly human trait. That's it's our mm-hmm. it's our blessing and our curse because it's um. I love that I can think. I, I love mm-hmm. brain puzzles, but I hate that I can think because yeah, we've learned so well how to not be in our bodies, how to only be in our brains, yeah. um, and it's it's not it's not good. Anyhow. <laughs> um i'm just sorry i'm just thinking how much that is me <laughs>
1: no you're fine human <laughs> human you, but
2: we need the brains because i human. obviously like i say that's why you're the good host and i'm the co-host <laughs> i go into the, i honestly go i don't know if you know but i go into these blind like at first i'd like to read the questions but i actually want to be because again amanda is the you know she deals with death literally every day and and um so I kind of go into these things blind, so I can be the level two. So you're not just always in your head, but it's also good that you're, you have a brain.
0: Oh, I mean, I, I appreciate my brain, but I, I, I definitely am I'm working actively towards better body integration because I, I, I feel like there's a lot of room to grow there. I would like to circle back around to deaf conversations,
2: though. <laughs> what?
0: No, right. no. I mean, honestly, loving this conversation. Are you trying to
2: kill our conversation? No, <laughs> no, no. I'm,
0: Loving this conversation however I also think this is a really cool tool and I was very excited when um, when you reached out to us and I first heard about it and and did a bit of background reading so could you tell us a little bit about what it is who it's intended for and and how you would suggest using it if that's not too much in one go (laughs) no that's
1: all right I'll do my best I might need some prompts um (laughs) uh, it's a card game uh that has 69 questions in it um and it's, it's less of a game, more of a tool to facilitate. It really is about sharing and listening. Mm-hmm. So no cross-talking. It's not about trying to find the right answers. It literally is just a place to think about things that because we don't have any examples of, of conversation in our in our lexicon of what we're brought up to talk about, um, it's, it's tapping on these areas that can expand depending on who's reading the question and how. So there's no... One way, it's not just end of life um, it's not just for people looking at that. It's not just for those curious. it's not just for fun it's like it's it depends on who's playing the game and how they're needing to respond to the questions mm-hmm. um, so yeah, the format is is usually sort of whoever's i've been hosting them online since covid so Originally, it was just meant to be an in-hand, in-person. I never want to do any online, digital versions of it. I want it to be really—that's us return to actually talking to each other. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm a stand-up comedian. I know exactly what you mean. <laughs> I think Zoom comedy is the worst. Yes. <laughs> so. so, originally, you'd have three questions uh, in your in your hand. So you always have a choice, and you don't ever have to talk about something you don't want to talk about. Um, so, if it's if it was my turn, I would look at my cards and pick a question that I wanted to answer and I would answer it and when I'm done I would pass the card to the person beside me and they would answer it or pass it on if they didn't want to answer it Mm -hmm. and then everyone who who's playing in that round would would have the opportunity to talk about that question however they interpret it so just let's say the question um, is do you feel near to or far from death that's one of the questions in fact, maybe I'll ask you guys that. <laughs> I was gonna say I see that you you brought the deck I of brought cards with you. We
2: should actually probably play around. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I would love be to. Fun. So, so that would be a I good idea. I was actually way. just thinking, I was like, Oh we could inter- we should buy this so we could integrate this as part of the show actually, to be that's like, a really good idea. to be like, All right, we're going to play some cards now. So I hope you brought I that's money. A really good ideas. I know. I've
0: had
1: I like I've it. had people yeah, it's been teachers for Death Dula teachers are using mm-hmm. it for yeah. that and just different ways to to start and open the conversation. So uh, do you feel near to or far from death? I might answer that in a metaphysical way. I pass the card to you, Andrew, and you might be thinking only about your body and you want to talk about that part. And then you pass it on and you might be thinking about both or maybe you've been inspired. So you're thinking about something else. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's it's and then you pass the card back to me. If something new comes up. We talk about it, but it's not about I think you're right, like right. N- that kind of right or wrong or finding an answer.
0: It's just putting it. It's out there. just
1: putting it out there and then you move it on to the next person. Um, there's different ways to play it online. I When I host them, there's just someone facilitating it with the deck and they ask the question, but it's sort of, again, if, if somebody doesn't want to talk about it, we don't talk about it. No mm-hmm. biggie. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it's been really expansive that way, but I would love to play it if you felt like it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah that'd be yeah. super cool.
0: Yeah. yeah. Um, what's, what has reception been like since you launched it?
1: It's been really great. Yeah. Um, I've been wanting to, in the past, I used to be really... Uh, detail or adamantly like make these projects happen and and after what is love I was like I think I need to let things organically grow a bit more so death cards I've been letting it organically grow and my community has been really responsive to it um, I've had Kickstarter funding to kind of raise the first batch to pay for the cards I've just had um, some work uh, with um, interested individuals we've built an online app for it oh cool so this is all like silent right now it's out there but I'm building and rebuilding the website right now. So just it kind of was sleeping for a little while because, you know, when you start something new and you're you're in a creative or you're doing your own like the podcast, even your people and then their people's people. But then there's usually a bit of a spot where it kind of lulls. So I've reached the edges of that. And then I had to think about, well, I don't really believe in capitalism. I don't really I don't want to be a manufacturer. So I've had to think about how far I would like to, to be the energy behind making this game happen and I can't I can't I can't stop it it's just too beautiful the response I get when people are playing it or after playing it like I'm almost going to start crying because I'll think I'm about to stop working on it or and then I'll host a conversation online and then something somebody says I'm after the conversation and that's why that's why I make this deck that's why I'm pushing it so yeah it's it's um it's about to get sort of a new a new energy to hopefully reach past my community that, that, and my community's community that's, that's kind of responded to it. So.
0: I mean, that's exactly why, why I started the podcast is because um, I'm terrible at small talk and this is the best excuse on the planet to have really cool conversations with people. <laughs> well, and Amanda's Honestly. super
2: interesting too. She just doesn't, uh, doesn't think so.
0: Well, I was <laughs>
1: going to say you're pretty good at the talking. Yeah, I, yeah. I guess, I, you know what, I, I find small talk a little bit painful. I like mm-hmm. talking about real shit. So I'm I, that person at the party where it's like, oh, God, Angela's coming. Do am I am ready?
0: See, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, just, we forgot I, to talk about the weather, by the way. It's <laughs> raining in Vancouver <laughs> just so everybody knows. So. No, I've, I've talked to Andrew about this before. I'm, just, I'm that super weird person where if I just have to, like, wander into a situation, I completely freeze. I can barely think of anything beyond, hi, what's your name? Like, I truly just go totally blank. Give me a purpose, even if it's completely made up. You could plot me in front of 10,000 people, and I will have no problem doing a performance, giving a speech, a hosting, facilitating a, a whatever. No, no issue. As long as I have a technical reason, mm-hmm. it's this weird thing that my brain does to me that I can't quite figure out how to get past. So <laughs> I feel
1: like that about art. <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah, me too. I, I mean, that's why I say I used to be a musician because I've never really like I still play guitar, but I, I've never written any songs and I've always been like, oh, that's other people. You know, that's mm. not me. And it's just be. But also it's I haven't really felt like not that I wasn't good enough, but in some ways, yes, I was just like, I'm not giving myself the freedom to do that. But I also sort of knew that, uh, you know, in the beginning, doing it as a teenager, I was sort of like, I'm doing this for the wrong reasons. I was like, I want to be famous. I want to be noticed. <laughs> I want to be. Then I'm like, no, you got to do that with stand up comedy. So, no, but seriously, that's, I mean, that's maybe how I got into it too. But, but yeah, I, I it's, I think it's, again, giving yourself permission. Some of the people, like the, the audiobook we were just listening to was like, as we're listening to, it, we're stopping and being like, you know, it's interesting. It's just one of those things where this guy, nobody told him no. You know, or they did. And he sort of said, screw you, I'm going to do it anyway. Mm -hmm. And, you know, it was and there was no reason for him to stop. So he just would just kept going and kind Mm. of creating his own world. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, it's I think that's green lighting things, too. Mm -hmm. And also being, you know, this book was sort of like looking for those spots. So it's interesting you say you're like, I'm done. Because I've had that in comedy, too, where I've been like, like where you're you're like, I've reached this plateau of how the card game's going. And then you have another sort of green light come through the door. You know, you're like, oh, I guess I'm keep going. Oh, this door's opening. Mm -hmm. And I think it's being like uh, conscious or aware of when those things are, you know, Mm -hmm. or for lack of a better term, the universe is green lighting you.
1: Right, mm-hmm. so. And that natural, I just read Green Light by Matthew, or what's his name? Conahey. Oh. <laughs> oh, okay, yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's funny. Um, another book about listening to green lights, yeah. but mm-hmm. I, I I, agree with, like, I, I don't know that it's weird. Again, what's normal? Yeah. Right. Because um, for me with art, I've always had the ability, I've always had confidence for that. But anytime I try and go for other things, I get side, like, I get kind of foggy. Mm. Like, I I think so that green light or that that feeling of just really knowing yourself enough, like when you're saying comedy, like knowing yourself enough to or 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 like, hey, I want to have conversations, but I need to have a tool. So I'm going to create a podcast. Mm -hmm. So I have a tool Mm -hmm. and we're talking about real shit. Like, I think it's all I think it's that that clarity of knowing yourself enough to see what it is you want to be putting your your Mm -hmm. effort into. And it can be so foggy. I had this moment, you know, over 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 full world yeah yeah it's
0: there's so yeah there's so much input all the time I had this moment coming down here uh, listening to this book which is not in any way shape or form a sad book at all it's it's really quite interesting and I just I'm just like sitting there just like sobbing as we're driving because I'm having this moment where I'm going oh my god I have been taught so thoroughly in so many subtle and unintentional ways to believe that I can't or I'm not supposed to in so many areas of my life whoa how much has that affected and I feel like I'm just now kind of starting to sort of like go oh maybe I'll just like <laughs> peek outside that peek outside that envelope a little bit you know and it's like already it's only been a matter of, of months for me uh, literally life-altering like it's mm-hmm. just, it's insane but you know socially I, th- I think that we really we really do that to ourselves you know again no no malicious intent or anything it's just it's just this structure that we've built that we don't even realize we're just marching along mm-hmm. inside
1: mm-hmm. what book again um, it's actually <laughs> well
2: it's it's actually really interesting it's an it's a autobiography of dave Grohl. OK. Yeah.
1: <laughs> awesome. Yeah, And it was like right and it's
2: because like, I've always been I've been a, you know, Foo Fighters fan. I, I, I uh, and I was, you know, I grew up in the grunge era and, and with Nirvana and I and I always thought I knew a little bit about the background, but I didn't know his background. And just like I, I knew he was a punk rock drummer. And it was just funny listening to like his first, you know, three years of being a punk rock drummer was basically like he's like, I've made it. I make $7.50 a day and it's just like we're just (laughs) crashing on people's couches and we just get to play these crazy punk rock shows and we make our own albums and sell t-shirts that we smuggle through the borders and the cabinets of amps and you know and it's just like there's something I you know me I'm I'm kind of at that level doing stand-up comedy it's kind of punk punk punky but you have to kind of you know do Mm -hmm.
1: the DIY yeah Yeah. DIY that's (laughs) what I do
2: myself and I but there so there's something fun about that but also Again, it's like the parallels of being like, oh, I'm making this art. I'm doing this thing. But then, you know, the story of Nirvana is being like their punk rock band that became the biggest band in the world, which is completely not punk rock, you know. And it Mm -hmm. was like and that was like the beginning of the end for that. Mm -hmm. And um, so I can understand how when you're because we're sort of the same thing, too. We'd be like, you know, this podcast is we do it because we like it. However, you know, we don't expect Spotify to knock on the door. But if they did and be like, hey, here's $10 million we want. This thing's cool. We would be like.
0: I'd take $10. Take $10? <laughs> I'd <would> take $10. <laughs> I'd take $5. So I have $10 on me right now. If
2: Spotify's but... <laughs> listening, I would <will> take $10. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a co-host. I will. I'm, you have to talk to me first. I was going to say, careful. But, yeah. Ask for, more. Ask, yeah, for yeah, more. ask for more. Yeah, yeah. This cause... is worth it. Yeah. Um, but yeah it's it's one of those things too where you you it's it's hard if something is becoming success, successful not to be like oh i don't want money involved but again it's what we give you know you can give the power to that on this way or not mm-hmm. right so
1: this is something i've been really i friends that are listening are going to be laughing because it's it's huge on my conversation of just um capitalism ah okay yeah. lock up out the door um and i had someone recently re-inspire me by someone from a much again the intersectional world someone that that has had a lot of uh things to overcome let's say in the patriarchal system mm-hmm. and this person's done a lot to open doorways kind of like using the digital or le- using um mediums that we're using to share this kind of conversation mm-hmm. um he's really reminded me that that to use, to use it for good. If what, we're, if what you believe in, like the root of what we're doing, is something that we think is valuable, keep doing it. Because one of the biggest things that I want for this game is that if, any, if anybody that wants it, I want them to be able to have it. And you have to, in the world that we live in, I have to go into that a little bit to make that happen as much as I don't want to. It's like, well, we don't, again, that feeling of like, we don't always want to be happy. It doesn't mean just because we don't want to do it doesn't make it go away. Mm-hmm. So leaning into it, trying, trying. So we'll see. <laughs> see come back to me a year and i be like, that's it. I'm out of the system. <laughs>
0: which, would, which would also be OK, you know, because the yep. thing I'm really feeling like I'm learning a lot about is that. You know, it it sounds so cliche, but there is this weird way that things really do work out the way they're supposed to. Like it's it's it sounds so trite, but damn it, it is friggin' true. Not not <laughs> like trite it at really all. It's is. beautiful.
1: It's <laughs> true. It's my big word on my wall right now is listen and trust. Yeah. It's just and the trust is just trust, whatever choice and whatever we're all it's that's what's happening.
2: Yeah. <laughs> I think I think the trick is is that it's not that capitalism is bad, it's that you, there's a way to like, you can modify it. There's a way to be like, and just not call it capitalism, but yeah. call, you know, like I, 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 <laughs> I listen, think it's bad. No, no, I'm saying it's, <laughs> I, okay, capitalism bad. I'm saying, what I'm saying is, is that money is not bad. Like being, ha- living in the world and having to exchange of commerce. It's just a is, piece of paper. Exactly. Yeah. yeah.
1: Or even a number on a card. Of so- mm-hmm. It's not it's actually totally, real. It's <laughs> not real. Exactly.
2: And so, uh, so yes, capitalism, let me rephrase that. Capitalism is bad, but what I'm saying is there's a way to being like, There was a time in I know in the early 80s that there was a bunch of companies that were like people had money and it was new money. And they were like, we want to be like a a Dharmic, you know, business. And they had those intentions going into it. But what happened was because they people were identifying with that and being like, yes, this is like the way the body shop started out originally. Mm -hmm. But then people go, oh, people like the earth. And then it becomes capitalism. And it's Mm -hmm. sort of like. It's the same thing we see with everything in the world these days where people go, you know what we need to do? We need to, um, let's make the commercial. Let's put masks on everyone in the commercial. Let's do this thing that we can, we're like everybody else. We're, we're identifying, and, and they that's kind of takes away from the spirit of what it began. However, if you look at things with, again, you listen, and with truth, you can see what's fake and what's not, and mm-hmm. what, what people are really doing. And so if you go into that with intent, in, intention and not go, I want to make a million dollars, even on the guise of this, because boy death's popular right now like i mean it's you know yeah that's not you it could, no i know that but you could probably do that but at the end of the day you know that's sort of like a hollow yeah sort of thing yeah. you would you'd be denying yourself that so i guess what i'm saying is it's okay to like you know it's there's nothing wrong with like making money but also i know what you're trying to say it's like you know it's like i don't want to make money off this but i also want to make it so that i mean we've talked about this too if, if we had our druthers and, and did what we wanted to do um with like a a goal that we have with like a a retreat for someone to go and and uh come to terms with death you know Mm -hmm. that would be our goal what we wanted to do but in doing that we'd be like well we don't want to that that costs money so how do we do that so we make it available to everyone and i and i think if you go into those sort of things with the best intention i think intentions are a lot Uh, you're right amanda's right like things tend to kind of work themselves yeah, out that there's way. way to make mm-hmm. it happen mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. even
0: if you have to start within the system we've already got yeah exactly mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
1: yeah i think that's a beautiful um reminder and just learning to respect and and honor ourselves within that loving ourselves um to know that w- if we're living here let's say in vancouver or in bc or in north america it is the system that surrounds us so i've had to do a lot of learning as the artist of how to not offer at the cost of my own well-being and by that i mean actually just comfortably being able to eat or pay my rent and not have Mm -hmm. to stress about it or if you want to be offering something where people can can come and and spend time with the concept of death in a safe space like Mm -hmm. if the system doesn't fit that kind of idea seeing that as work but that is work this is such a beautiful it's Mm -hmm. like it's it's trusting that if the value underneath what we're doing is is of worth and to keep those actions to to be working towards making these things happen and Trusting that we'll be able to make those things happen, um, not at the cost of ourselves. So, remembering to it's all right to put, to accept a fee if that is a system that mm-hmm. we're within. Um, yeah.
2: Well, it's one one other thing I was going to say. Sorry, Amanda, but it, it was that you know money I talk. In, <laughs> yeah. Well, I, I live in the Kootenai boundary, and it's there's like in the Kootenies there's a lot of like you know hippie people. They're just like back to the land. They live off the land. They do these things, and there's they have uh, communal life and. There's a there's an interesting thing that I know happens to people when they sort of like connect with nature and they're being true to themselves. They're like, no more technology, no more this, and you know that's 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 their choice. That's great, but I think it's 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 interesting because people tend to be uh, put things in boxes. Be like, well, that's bad, technology bad. Da, da, da. But look at technology connected us together, right, mm-hmm. with this conversation. Mm-hmm. And if we were people that'd be like, you know what, this is bad. It's ruined humans. So I, I my look at the life is sort of like if it's meant to happen and the universe can the universe works with anything. And so technology, Instagram, whatever it is, and I think it's okay to green light those things sometimes instead of being like painting it with a brush to be like, This is evil
0: mm-hmm. So I'm amending
2: my thing, I'm putting capitalism in evil with an asterisk. So
0: I mean, it's, it's it's it can
2: work within our boundaries. is what I'm saying.
0: Yeah, it's consciousness and awareness. We're both fans of of Ram Dass, and you know he always talks about being um, in the world but not of the world. So it's the same kind of idea, right? So you can you can use the tools that are in front of you as long as you're not attached to them. I, I guess. Yes. Mm-hmm. You yeah. Know, which certainly t- is not always going to be perfect, and it's going to take practice. But uh, you know, I think it leaves a lot more options available to you. Approaching mm-hmm. approaching things that mm-hmm.
1: way. Yeah. And I also think multiple truths. Oh, yeah. Right. Yeah, yeah. And, and, Absolutely. I, and so to, to to go on and, and to sort of agree and expand on what you're just saying is, is that, okay, if that's what's, we live in a traumatized world at the moment. Mm-hmm. So whatever each person needs for their comfort, it doesn't mean that's the only way. Mm-hmm. You yeah. go, if you need to go and live and turn your phone off, and mm-hmm. if that's like, mm-hmm. I need that, I need that for large doses of time, but yeah. then I need to come back, like, and I need to, to find and integrate, like, each of us has our own way that we need to be. Um, responding to this, this, the crazy place we're in, yeah. <laughs> called life these days. <laughs> Which I mean, I really, yeah. I think
0: that's that's so much of what the craziness is, is that we're we're struggling, you know, in broad strokes as as a, as a social whole, we're struggling with the it's okay for everybody to do what they need to do. We're really like smacking up against that for some reason and just bashing our faces in, mm-hmm. and I it's it's hard to watch. It's really hard to watch.
2: It is. I like. I like. But you know, when we were waiting for you to show up today, we were like, I, I just it's there's where we're sitting outside, there's like a some sort of cosplay convention going on. And I love people awesome. watching. I'm loving yeah. it. And I love people watching, but I was like, this is a this is a new level of people watching. I hope <laughs> she's really late because this is kind of fun. <laughs> and it's just like <laughs> I don't know. I like green light, green lighting everything. And then also we're kind of we're in Vancouver, sort of downtown, in a touristy area. And so like there's people walking by and be like, oh, that guy's not in a costume. But well, that's kind of fun, too. But
3: so
1: Yeah, I was thinking about LARPing when I walked up. Oh, yes. That, that was quite a few. <laughs> I wasn't sure. I was like, is this cosplay? Is it, is it LARP? Like, it's just, oh, wow. At first, was, I was thinking it yeah. was yeah. just
0: manga. But I think that was just a stream of particular costumes yeah. that we saw. And then I was like, oh, no, wait. That's not a manga thing. This must be something Rad. else.
1: <laughs> I'm a firm believer of uh, I used to be a bit wild in how I dressed um, for quite a long time. <laughs> <laughs> um so it just I was always uh let's just say normalcy was more of an uncomfortable fit for me than 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 yeah. the normal normal way on Now your people dryer. call me normcore. Yeah. <laughs> normcore nice. Yeah, that's funny. <laughs> um <laughs> but yeah, I appreciate the multiple truths, multiple ways. Yeah. Like, just fucking bring it on like whatever you want to do. I admire, oh yeah, that's...
2: yeah. Actually, it's really funny because that's, I was just gonna say the weirdest thing I saw, I saw this pinup girl with like pale skin, like, you know, and and she was pushing an old fashioned baby carriage with a baby Yoda in it. And I was like, what is this? This is not a Star <laughs> Wars character, but she has like, so people were just doing, you know, that was the thing. Yeah. We're like, what is this, what is this, yeah. cost of this thing? And it's like a little, I, I mean, we saw uh, uh, a, um, a, what do you call it? Super Mario Brothers Princess with yeah. a R2-D2 backpack. I was like, "There's so much happening yeah. right now. This <laughs> but is." I, I, but I, love it. Okay. Again, this is the, oh, yeah. you know,
0: restricting ourselves. I've never thought of myself right. as that person. But mm-hmm. I, I, you know, man, bring it on! If if you can pull that off and, and yeah. like do it, good for you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because it's fun, mm-hmm. and I'm just a chicken shit. <laughs> yeah,
3: no, for sure. <laughs>
1: She says that with a sleeve tattoo. Yeah, I was going
0: to say. <laughs> well, this is this is uh, a long, drawn out extension of of my childhood rebellion. Is really all this mm-hmm. is, and it's not really that rebellious anymore because everybody has tattoos. Mm-hmm, but at the time, quite bold, quite bold. <laughs> again, I'd like to circle okay, back. Okay, death in. cards, you, death no, conversation yeah, game. Well, I mean, honestly, we can I, we can truly talk about anything. This is just a great excuse to to get together with you. But with the death conversations game, and you alluded to this a little bit early um, in the conversation. If you're comfortable, can you tell us, like, did you have a personal connection to death before the game? And and sort of how did that feed in?
1: Uh, yes, I did, for sure. I Twice, I, it's interesting when you think about death and the expansiveness of what that can encapsulate. It's not just our bodies that die. Every moment dies. Every, you talked about Ram Das. I've done a lot of learning with um, Goenka, Vipassana technique. So it's similar thinking of just moments. We're here what is us what's the us that's looking at us we're mm-hmm. just feeling right um but when i was uh so i say that cuz i feel like there's been two things that i didn't realize the first one was a death of a sort but when i was 30 i was in a car i had a really i loved my car i had a 1976 black firebird oh wow cool <laughs> no bird on the front it was more mm. anyway it was it was a nice car i know car. the one yes <laughs>
2: I was also a mechanic in my life. All right. So, yeah,
1: there you go. You're else, aware it was so, black yeah. with a tan interior. Yeah. <laughs> I was driving alone and I got T-boned by a bus. Um, yeah. And then my memory, they thought I was dead on the scene. Um, it's funny because it didn't have seat belts And that week I had tried to get seat belts and... Old, older cars, Mm -hmm. it's harder. You can't just like, anyway, (laughs) anyway, um, who knows? I've had a friend uh, whose partner died because he was wearing a seatbelt once. So this was a long time ago. Lots of stories of death have come my way um, since then and since talking about death. Um, But yeah, I I had a brain injury and um, I was in a coma for a short time in the coma. But the brain injury, I think it took about uh, a year to kind of get back to sort of normal. Uh, the memory when I'm tired still gets a little funny, but um that was when I was saying I felt like I I was sitting and looking I was in that space that the complications my brain just didn't give a shit for all the things we think about. It was like, "No, no, no, no. I'm healing. You don't get to think about all that stuff that doesn't actually matter." And I was just existing and I felt like an adult child. So I knew myself. I knew Um, But I couldn't remember like that when we were talking about animals, I couldn't remember much like the moments before, even though I could sort of like I just wasn't um, I couldn't trick myself. So for a long time, I found it hard. I was like, oh, I'm going to forget this because that's how we survive. Um, I couldn't really walk because I was so aware of how we could die at any second all the time. There's no controlling it. And I really wanted to live. So it's that idea of uh, forgetfulness and and blinders. Um, To survive, we we have to actually spend a lot of time not thinking about shitty things. (laughs) Mm -hmm. So our brains and uh, that body memory. So it got me on a whole slew of learning about a lot of things post that. Um, But that was what started the death conversation game, I guess, planted the seed, um, because I wanted to talk about it. And my community wanted to help me, and they were really good at supporting. But nobody really wanted to talk about it with me. And all I wanted to talk about was, oh, my God, I almost died, and we're all going to (laughs) die. Can we talk about this? (laughs) Oh, no, no, let's do happy things. I was like, I'm not happy. (laughs) I just wanted to, we're going to (laughs) die. So it it was, and it took me, again, 10 years. That was why the game came out of it, because I am a talker. And I will talk about the shit nobody wants to talk about. I'm fine with that. I didn't know how to talk about death, and it it took me years to learn that. I didn't even know, like when people would say someone had died, I didn't know how to respond to that. They'd be like, oh, I'm sorry? Mm -hmm. You know, like that's not an appropriate- Thoughts and prayers. Yeah, 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 or just avoiding, oh, they've passed. It was like, I don't know, I don't even know how to get in that door of talking about death with people, because it's aggressive if I just say, hey, I want to fucking talk about this, you know? And when I tried, it was met with that avoidance, so took 10 years, 15 years, 12 years, something around there to, to actually have the deck pop out. <laughs> yeah.
0: What an incredible evolution, though. Wow.
2: What made you think of something like this? I know you have said you've had this evolution of doing photography and art and different things, but there must have been a, a moment when you were like, hmm.
0: Yeah, no. how did you jump from yeah. essay to deck of cards? Yeah. <laughs> Out <laughs> well, of curiosity. Well, the essay was I was
1: thinking about death, and I was thinking about that that awareness that I had wanted to talk about it. So I thought, okay, well, maybe since then there's been more writing about it, because because when I was thirty, it was 15 years ago, so there wasn't much. It wasn't as expansive. So I go to the library, and I could find writing about it, or I found a lot of stuff about Alzheimer's, but not much about death. I couldn't couldn't find it. Um, so when I was trying to write about it, I just realized what I'm looking for hasn't been created that I, that easily that I can find it. So I decided to create it and screw the essay. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Um, and then the, the other projects, I felt like I went from ego, which was mirror face to profile face, which is like identity or, or form like, um, magic of awareness, ego. And then how are you, which is like inside, how are you actually feeling? Uh, And then love, let's get to the heart of things. And then death didn't seem like I didn't want to capture it with a camera. I didn't want to put that object between myself and whoever I was talking to. But I also, again, I'd said I've experienced a lot of traumas in my life. I've done a lot of work with both receiving and learning how to facilitate counsel or care. And one of the things I witnessed in larger groups was the, the kind of space to share and be without necessary it's like it's a conversation without interactive like um where the eye doesn't always enter the room where you can actually just listen and if you're not thinking about what you're going to say next you hear it really differently Mm -hmm. um so i wanted to create something that would make that space talking about death because i didn't want to get in discussions about what other people believed or thought like again multiple truths i just wanted to talk about it like who talks to their parents after they're adults about death like who Mm -hmm. what do your parents actually think can we actually talk about this
2: yes yeah yeah some of us have tried
0: why i love people who live as artists (laughs) because the depth of consideration that goes into things is so far beyond (laughs) what the average joe does or at least will acknowledge Mm -hmm. i love this love it love it love
1: it (laughs) It took me a long time to make the deck. <laughs> I'm very detail-oriented. Um, so I've made sure also to have every question be, um, hopefully, and as best I can, not centered in white patriarchal right. dialogue. I need this to be something that whomever picks it up can pull from their own experience to share um, and listen and hopefully communicate. Again, globalization, hybriding, like let's actually learn and and, mm. and talk to each other. Yeah. yeah.
0: So you've, to some degree, you've already addressed this, but maybe let's let's see what else uh, you might have to say. It's a bit of a two-parter that I have. So how do you think being an artist influenced your perspective on death? And then how do you think the death conversations game has influenced your perspectives as an, art, as an artist? Flip flip. If there's even an answer. There might not be.
1: Mm-hmm. I'm not sure if it's if it's something that I could pinpoint out specifically because of what I said about living a life that where I actually try like uh, to to live and exist as an artist in everything I do. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so um I have a real challenge in myself as an artist because I don't personally respond to the kind of artist when we think we're in a room that has paintings on the wall. I don't actually call that. I think art is change making. Art is art is revolutionary. Like for me, art is where's the edges and the boundaries, and how can we how can we either flex at them, push at them, or go on past it, and then try and come back and and really creatively look at those edges of that system, or that structure, or whatever whatever it is that we're looking at. Um, and I think the death game. I don't know 20 years ago if I would have called that art, but now I do. Um, Also, just because I think I exist as that. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Um, Without ego, like I'm so just saying and just in my own, uh, It took me a long time to even be able to call myself an artist or own that or know know what that means to me. So I would say that it's also kind of shot me out of really being able to, (laughs) I'm really right now trying to challenge myself with allowing myself to draw. Or allowing just because I've gotten so that human nature of conceptualization that's gone so deeply into the self, I don't know how to just go back to the basics. (laughs) Um, So it's it's I feel like it took me to the very edge of where those concepts were that I started with, those projects that I was telling you about. And again, trusting and patience wherever I'm going to next as a result of this will come when it's ready to tell me it's there. Um, Because this, again, the death game, I didn't sit around planning it for years. It just came about when the time was right kind of thing. Yeah.
0: (laughs) Are there any particularly unique or impactful conversations that you've had that have come out of death conversations that, that pop into your mind?
1: I'm going to sound really cheesy when I say this, no. I think, maybe, but every single one of them. <laughs> um, they're non-predictable. Like you said, nine to five. I've hosted a lot now. I do online hostings. Um, they're called Let's Talk About Death, um, and they're open to the public, Eventbrite, Zoom, that kind of thing. Through COVID, I sort of learned how to, how to incorporate the digital element. Um, and I always get a little nervous before, sometimes, not always, but sometimes... I think okay. I'm gonna go into this conversation again. I've already talked about this. I've answered these questions how many times each? You know, it's what's new every single time I play the game. It doesn't matter if it's with the same people. Something new always comes of it. So it's yeah. always changing the responses to the like to the questions. The questions always inspire. Uh, whether it's an awareness of like, oh, I guess I do still believe, or but it's always changing, mm-hmm. um, and that excites me. So yeah. that's. That's, um, I wasn't expecting that. Um, I don't know that there's any kind of question I've repeatedly answered that always has, like I can't, I don't know what the answer is going to be that day. I always try and go in open. So similar to you saying coming to the podcast, I try and just go in without any preconceptions. Mm-hmm. I just open it up and let's go. Um, that being said, I did have one dear friend. I started the game because it didn't matter how close I got to death. My experience in the coma was quite blacked out and fear. So I really like being alive. I love life, and I love loving, and I love the experience of of life. No matter how painful or crazy it's been, I'm into living. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, And I didn't know... I didn't think anybody could not be, that if they'd actually looked at it and and really leaned into it without too many outside themselves things to attach to for comfort. Um, So I had one dear friend... uh, talk with me in a group and the question came up are you afraid to die or afraid of death and she answered no and the way that she talked about it this was probably about a year and a half ago really filled me with hope of just wow you mean I can get past accepting it and and looking at it like the more I talk about it it's easier like Mm -hmm. like coming today I'm like cool I got I got this like it's it's become normal to me to talk about death now and I would not Have imagined that two years ago and that fills me with so much comfort in so many other areas without even necessarily being aware of it Um, so her her response was the one thing I was like oh I wasn't expecting to get that out of this (laughs) so it's it's neat but I will say every time I play I'm, I'm always afterwards going oh I hadn't thought about that or oh like I'm always being taught I'm always learning whether it's my own concepts or what I don't know that I might have thought I'd known or that I thought I'd thought about um, or how much things can always change, so, yeah.
0: Would you change anything about the deck if you were to start from scratch?
1: No, oddly enough, yeah. It's great. I, yeah, I have people saying, well, a second, and, or one for kids, like, no, actually, mm-hmm. like, it's touched on enough of all the broad spectrum, like, it's a little bit in all the areas you might think about, so I wouldn't change it, yeah
0: we play
2: around yeah i think yeah. so all right i can't
1: i can't guarantee because every question what well, it could be the most boring question that's in the world great. there's no. so many things to talk about with that so some of them are a little like oh great <laughs> there's no, the mathematics. max that's... this is the sound of shuffling <laughs>
2: yeah excellent also <laughs> we should say just for the audience too that there's money on the table. This is a gambling game. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. So. No, it's not. <laughs> no, <laughs> I'm kidding. <laughs> he takes that back. <laughs> yeah, I do. This is not a. This is not a
1: capitalist. Capitalism game. Uh, I wasn't sure if the shuffling can. <laughs>
0: It might. It's it. never ceases to surprise me what the mics do and don't pick up. Sometimes they're like, "Oh, there's going to be so much background noise," and you're like, "Oh, that's not bad." And other times I'm like, "Oh my god, it sounds like <laughs> you hear a mouse walking across the carpet." I almost, <laughs> like <laughs> almost want to put it in. There's something
1: oh, so it, satisfying do do about it. shuffling yeah, it. <laughs> yeah, I
2: love it.
0: So good.
1: Okay, so <laughs> did you do the art on the back? I did. I designed the whole thing.
2: So yeah, we can describe it a little yeah. bit, or we probably put up a picture with this post oh, too yeah, once we for put sure. it up too. But it is really cool. It's like a matte black deck with like it's a it's a skull that looks like uh I would say it kind of reminds me of it looks happy. yeah I was gonna say it kind of looks like happy but it also reminds me of like a um
0: but not in like a goofy way it just looks yeah happy. yeah I know
2: but, but I was gonna say it reminds me of like something like um like Spanish art almost a little mm. bit like the day of the dead sort of like i I'm what? That's my impression. <laughs> She's shaking her head now. No, I'm just saying that's what it reminds but but in the way of because that's like a it's not a um it's not a skull and crossbones uh skull. That's what I'm saying. It's True. Like it's, True. It, it reminds me of like I'm not afraid to look at the skull is what I'm saying. Beautiful. So yeah. Sorry
1: that I responded like that. i no. Have no. such a such an an avid um Decision to not be appropriative of any. No, that's what yeah. I was going to
2: say. That's it doesn't. I'm not saying it's derivative at mm-hmm. all. I'm mm-hmm. saying it gives me the feeling, which is, isn't that what art's supposed to do? <laughs> yes, I Invoke appreciate feelings? that you yes, said it okay, didn't. Good. It doesn't. And <laughs> I'm laughing because yeah. <laughs> just
1: recently someone points out they're like, well, if I was going to do it, I wouldn't make a. It's a happy. It's a happy skull. I never actually realized it was a that happy skull. I didn't try. I actually just drew it from a skull. Because like it's not.
0: It's not goofy <laughs> happy. It just. It no, no, I love, yeah, it. I love I mean. it. I love it. I love that. Like a that's your impression. If it
1: had no skin. <laughs> I love that. That's your impression. Yeah. So thank you.
2: Do you know? Do you know? There's the, um. There's. I, I can't remember what it is. That there's a restaurant uh, on Davy. Score on Davy, and they have a logo, and it's sort of like the the Mexican sort of Spanish day, but it's like a little bit different. But that's it's it's. Again, it's like a happy skull. It's like, or not a happy skull. I don't know what to say. It's <laughs> well, sort of you'll like, have
1: to go look at the skull yourself and <laughs> let us know if you yes, think it's yeah. a. <laughs> no, I like it. Awesome. Awesome. Um, it's interesting that, you know, it's funny. The, 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 ha, ah, talking about uncomfortable things, cultural appropriation. When I started looking at death, I sketched out Day of the Dead images mm, and I researched it and then, um, I lived in Zimbabwe for a time in high school, and I was researching their cultures surrounding death. And then I did a lot of really avid awareness of just trying to make sure that DEC did not have anything taken from any culture, even though I don't feel like I, I have, an, have a very uprooted traditional mm-hmm. history, mm-hmm. Um, familial history, lineage. Um, but it's interesting because I love that we're in this discussion about opening to the conversations that we don't talk about and this is part of what we're talking about now in life is this where are the edges what is what is so what I'm hearing from what you just shared about the skull is that when you saw this you felt Comfort rather than Yeah. Rather than a fear. Exactly. Or or that kind of most of the time skulls are shown either fetishized or cool. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um and again after my car accident I I removed all the skulls from my life. So for me to put the skull on the deck was actually my own challenging my own comfort. Yeah. And I've had a couple people come to the talks and say they were a little scared at first because of the deck and I'm like, Okay, let's talk about this. You know, like so I like that you brought that up.
2: No, it reminds me of like it's kind of like, uh, I, I I can't quite explain it, but it's just like, like I said, there's not many, like the Day of the Dead Skull is like, it's kind of like, it's like Ronald McDonald is a clown. It's a little over the top, you know what I mean? It's too, it's it's too happy, but like there's something about looking at that, which is kind of like reminds me and doesn't, again, I'm not trying to put my foot in my mouth. It really doesn't remind me of anything other than to be like. Like Amanda said, it looks like, oh, this is kind of like a joyful, or like it, mm-hmm. it doesn't, it doesn't have negative association with mm-hmm. it. Mm-hmm. So I don't look at that and go, oh, pirates are going to be here, or that's poison. Yeah. So
1: I tried to, I tried to, um, oh, I'm like, I don't think the Day of the Dead Skull is, is oh, like Ronald McDonald. There's so much in their culture about. No, yeah. I
2: know. I'm speaking that as a, as a. As a basic white man that doesn't know anything, <laughs> honestly, I'm, like, I believe, I'm a comedian, so I don't okay. say I, I talking a little shit that i don't know
1: and but thank you you know saying, what i appreciate is that ways that we're talking openly about that and thank yeah because <laughs> again most of my friends are probably laughing right now because they know i'm like i'm not gonna back down i will stop i will talk about these yeah. things so thank you for <laughs> well, offering like Well, say, I come i come out
2: from an ignorant point of view where i like the first time i saw like the day of the dead and like what this thing was i was just like oh this is like a this is a really cool party in in the in latin america and this is the thing where that was the first time and again i was sort of like i, I remember looking at that and going this is a party they celebrate. This is like, everyone's happy. This is not like, it's not mournful. This is not. And then going kind of going, well, interesting. That's all I know about that. And all I'll ever know. And it's in my head. They love that thing. And I, I I don't know why I had an aversion to that, but I just don't know. But, uh,
1: blinders of death yeah blinders exactly that's probably what it is i'm like well they're happy
2: but that's not my that's not what i brought up with well
1: we can't change that unless we're willing to talk about it and all the little Mm -hmm. awkward spots that come up when we do so thank you for yeah you know not backing down from my (laughs) i'm not i'm not not gonna put my foot in my mouth but also i appreciate
2: that this conversation is for you to be like it's okay because i i look at that and i go oh i used to draw and whatever and i could never draw that because Mm -hmm. mine would look ghastly or Again, too cartoonish. So mm-hmm. that's really cool.
1: Thank you. I tried yeah. my best to draw it as as much to just my own hand as I could, my own cartoon hand. <laughs> so what I'm going to ask you guys to do is, I'm just going to shuffle, um, and you tell me when to stop, and that's the card that will answer. One of you go for it. All yeah, right. since we've since we just had that. Yeah, you know, exactly. Go uh, for uh, it. Go stop. Okay. Right there, Which yeah. one?
2: Uh, let's do the top one. Uh, this that, one. The, the one in your left hand. Yes. Okay.
1: And now as we would normally do this, I will look at the question, I'll read it out, and then I'll answer it first. And since we're in person, I can actually hand it to you. (laughs) That's great. Yay! (laughs) And then we'll all sanitize our hands. It's like a real cartoon. game. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Okay. Oh my God. (laughs) We're going down. Uh, (laughs) Do you have a specific thought on death you have been too scared to share? I'm also gonna say um, I've made a point for most of the co- for all of the conversations to not record them so that people mm. feel able to say whatever they need to say, um, and it's hilarious because the only answers that I've ever said that I might be afraid of sharing is my answer to this one. So I'm not sure I can answer this. But that's one today. part of the
2: beauty of the game is because you don't have to answer. In this yeah. And so if you don't yeah. want to, you don't have yeah. to.
1: Yeah. Yeah, Amanda, so I'm gonna idea. I'm oh, gonna appreciate okay. that I have answered this one, and I think those that shared the answers with me will know. Yeah, it was a death doula class, um, and I was in it, and the teacher was using my cards, <laughs> um, and it, it went bravely, I think, where nobody had ever really thought they might go. Um, so I'm gonna pass this to you. Okay. We'll see what you say, and I'm I'm happy to do another question after. But that's hilarious that the one. Yeah. I think it would hurt. Yeah, I don't I don't think it would be helpful for me to answer that.
2: Yeah, so do I do you have a specific thought on death that you've been too scared to share? My answer is going to be no. And and I only and but I'll say that with an asterisk because I'm really not afraid to die, to be honest, and I actually feel interestingly I, I used to be afraid to die because I, I was born up in a, or brought up in a religious background, Christianity, and, and, and it was, uh, I was taught, uh, about afterlife insurance, basically. And so I used to be afraid to die because I would be like, I'm not, I don't think I'll be good enough. And now, and, and you, you don't want eternal damnation. So I'm told. And, um, so now I'm sort of like, I don't know, I, I, I probably would have answered this differently before, but now I'm sort of like, Mm. but I will say I'm also just learning. And so there might be something that I am afraid of that I don't know, but I, if I cross that bridge, I'll come to it. So the answer is no for me, Amanda.
0: Uh, Do I have a specific thought on death? I've been too scared to share. I suppose only in as much as, uh, as the details. Um, So uh, the, the general thought is that there have 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 been points in my life when I have wished for death? I suppose the thing that, that I've never really shared specifically would be uh, how deep and detailed that had gone. Yeah, where where it was just it was just a matter of of I, I really it wasn't so much that I w- welcomed death as I really sought the end of whatever life felt like it was at that point. And so the only thing I could conceive of would be death. And I mean, on a couple of occasions, I've I've sort of spoken to that in really broad terms, but I've never really sat down and and spoken to anyone about how far down that road it had gone, I guess would be be the thing. So there we go. I'm curious, a slight interruption to the card game. Have you ever considered becoming a death? Oh,
1: yes. Yeah, I've actually trained... Oh, you have done yeah, the training? Yeah, oh, I've done okay. the training. <laughs> ah, do, do you actively um, practice it as a doula? Currently, I'm, I'm in process because it's been during COVID. Mm-hmm. So since starting the game, um, I didn't even really know about death doulas beforehand. And then I started learning about it. I took the course at Douglas College. And um, I've been facilitating a lot of conversations on death. And I've helped some living friends uh, with their end of life, uh, like setting their care plans together, that kind of stuff. But the actual hands-on sitting vigil, there hasn't been an opportunity because of COVID. So I'm not sure. Again, I, I was just thinking about trusting timing. And so mm-hmm. I, I would say I'm an aspiring death doula. In, and I think organically, it's going to take its time. There's so much to learn. Mm-hmm. It's mm-hmm. so exciting. It's like, I guess exciting is the right word, but it's, it's inspiring and I'm curious about it. And I, I think it's a journey that I'll be on for a long time. Yeah. yeah. Probably for the rest of my life. <laughs> <laughs> my living time here. Yeah,
0: exactly. Yeah. All right, let's do another round. I was like going to say, yeah,
1: okay. Cool. Okay, <laughs> Hopefully, you get I'll be to, able you to you answer You say it. stop yeah. for the okay. shuffling now. Okay, okay I'll, I'll do my loud shuffling just because it's so much fun. Doing the, you just tell me when. Stop. Okay, this one. Have you been to a ceremony in recognition of someone's death? Uh, So I will answer first, and I will say yes. But, um, yeah, recently, but it was someone I didn't, not recently, I guess, but last five years before COVID, uh, someone, oh, see, I blocked it out. Yes, I I recently went (laughs) to an online ceremony of someone very close to me when I was younger, my godmother died uh, this um, fall, and that was my first time at an online ceremony, and I was uh, amazed at how much it moved me and I'm so grateful that I had the opportunity to be there. Um, it was held in Ontario, and it was in person but recorded and offered to it was a small amount of people that were there. Um, and that was my first uh, I'm almost crying thinking about it. that was my first real ceremony. I've been to one other of a fellow coworker that at the time I didn't um I didn't know her very well um but it was a community of the group of it was a tiny restaurant um so that was a l- little bit more of just it felt very normal very by normal I say the westernized funeral service concept of what a ceremony is um which is not something I plan to have for myself anyway I'm getting (laughs) going off track but yeah I I did and I was so grateful to to be invited um
0: did did you find hmm? it all because you're not playing the game (laughs) no that's fair that's totally fair after yeah
1: fair enough I love it but thank you I'm going to pass this on I hate doing that no
3: no not at all no no
2: you're The facilitator of the game. Yes. So this is these <laughs> games have rules, so you don't get the card now. No,
3: Not just yet. That's I'm going
1: a, in yet. the same
2: order. <laughs> yeah. Um. So I've been to a ceremony of recognition of someone's death. So I mean, that's a and obviously I I I've never heard it put that way too because I've always the question I feel like we're always asked is Have you been to a funeral? Right? And I I've, I've said this to Amanda too before, and I think we said it in the first episode is that I had, I always felt like I had this like peripheral sort of. There was people that were associated with my family, and you know, great grandmothers or great aunts that I, you know, barely knew as a child. And then, I, so I had no uh, experience with death. And then I, I uh, so I have been to some, but I always, I, I, I always felt like I was sort of an outlier because even when I was sixteen, I, both grandparents and my parents and my dad's side were still alive. And then they lived in Ontario, and I lived here. And you know, through them passing away and it being far away and me being not having money I dodged a lot of funerals and so it wasn't until like it was like friends and people that I knew and or siblings of someone you know a good friend of mine that had passed away and and then most recently the one I'd been to would be probably my stepdad's funeral that was the last sort of big one i had been to so I have been definitely and they've sort of evolved to be more and more closer to like my to me that, because I remember being like, I remember thinking, being like, the weird thing of being like, this hasn't happened, so it's going to be tor- horrible. Like, it's, you know what I mean? Like, there's going to, when it hasn't rained yet, so there's going to be a torrential downpour of that. And uh, so, I mean, so yes, I have been to one, but I have also never, and some of them I've been in, involved in too, but never, uh, yeah, I don't know. Each, each one is their own different. Thing too, So that I try not to, again, it was, it, it evolved from being like, yes, I've been to your funeral. These are exactly the same thing all the time. And egg salad sandwiches are awesome after. That was what it felt like after. So, but anyway, that's my, uh, that's my answer. Yes.
0: Yes is the short answer. Uh, once, but, but weirdly my instinct is to actually say no, because similar to what Andrew said, it, it didn't feel like a ceremony. The only, the only organized um, event I have ever attended in relation to death was when my grandfather died. And I think that it was something that was necessary and good for what it was for many of the people in attendance. But it was something that... Pff, it, it didn't feel ceremonial. Um, it didn't feel personal. I mean, it, it was personal in some ways. It was his funeral, but it, it didn't feel it was something that, that evolved out of the basic a la carte offerings at the funeral home because nobody knew what else to do, <laughs> um, which does not in any way invalidate it. You know, like I said, it was it was very necessary for the people that were there for sure. Um, but I, I can't mentally associate the concept of ceremony with it, which feels more personal and my being more personal also intrinsically in my mind is associated with, with a more sacred concept, which just doesn't make it better. It just makes it different than what I think I went to.
1: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And what was the question you were going oh, to ask? Sorry.
0: I had my interviewer hat on. I was just, I was just <laughs> curious. Quite all right. um, I, I, I'm just curious what, because I, I can't, my brain, I can't really picture what it would be like to, to attend something, you know, as, as, what in my mind seems somewhat monumental as you know a, a celebration of life or a funeral or or an end-of-life ceremony remotely so I, I was just curious how how that felt aside from like yes being able to go which is wonderful but d- did it feel removed?
1: Hmm. Yes and no um, uh, I was listening to what you were saying Andrew but when you're younger and going to the ceremonies and if I heard this right just just that it, you know, you're not as intimately necessarily connected. So it didn't start feeling it until it got a bit closer in. Or not that you didn't feel it, but. No, I know. Yeah.
2: yeah. No, I, well, it's funny. Basically, like, it's it actually echoes what Amanda said. Because I was at that ceremony, too, for her grandfather. And it was, that's what it felt like. It was like a thing of, you know, honestly, it's, and, and again, it's not to knock it or anything like that. But there is, I mean, death is one of those things where people are overwhelmed. They don't know what to do. And, you mm-hmm. know, there's a funeral, Home mm-hmm. that goes. Here's the menu, and mm-hmm. if you'd like this one, this is what we'll do, and how we do it, and, and this is how know. we. Oh, and we'll then serve you serve it in the floral room. Don't mm-hmm. forget to put up all the pictures on the wall over there, and whatever in this little thing, and then oh, you need a book over here so people sign their condolences. And there's like a real sort of like That's wedding feel to it, it. yeah, yes. in a weird way, yeah. right? Yeah, because yeah. the food's great after, yeah, it. and it's the chatting the and the yeah, small exactly. talk and. And people get drunk. Yeah. So it's like one of those weird things where it's a wedding. But there's like, and and as, you know, over the past, whatever, I'm sure funerals have gone the same way or, you know, actually that's the thing we've moved away from. People call them celebration of life. You know, that's the one thing people go, which is, again, trying to, in a weird way, I've always looked at that as being like, they're still denying death. In a weird, like, I, I know that's not what the thing is, but they're sort of like, don't say the D word and say... You know, it's a, its not a death; it's a celebration of life, and it's—and we uh, should
0: do while we're still alive,
2: right? Mm-hmm. Exactly. Well, I
0: love that's when a, people and have excellent sandwiches, so good food. Yeah, brilliant. That's actually something
1: that came, I, I'm like, okay, now I've got two things. Which one should I go first? <laughs> um, uh, you were asking about what that's like to to attend a um, online ceremony. And it felt removed because the person that it was for is someone that I haven't been close to in the the last few years. Like in the last, I would say, 25 years, there was something that sort of had the connection in my family separate. And I was too young necessarily to know much about that. But to be honest, it was probably one of the most experientially uh, connective uh, things that happened to me last year. And I didn't think again the death cards as well. When I do the talks online, I have people saying, I wasn't expecting to feel connected to strangers after talking like the death cards and the the unification of death, like um, that ceremony this is being revealed, like, of course, talking openly, but when we were talking about animals and responses and bodies, I've gotten really good a lot of the times of just letting my body feel what it needs to feel. And I actually was howling a bit like an animal. Like, I I, I had the space to feel her death and to feel the grief I'd had of not knowing her more while I was living. And then also, she was quite a religious woman. um, So she was my official godmother, um, even though I didn't really grow up in a religious house. I and I I had kind of written that off as being like oh well I guess that was just religion but the more this celebration of her the way that people spoke of her I felt like I was being given the gift of her again almost yeah so I would say I probably had one of the unexpectedly shocking like moving online experiences of that because I don't know that if I'd gone in person I think I would have felt a little bit outsidery just because I haven't been in Ontario in so long and. I only knew, like, I was good friends with one of her nephews pretty well. That was how I got invited. But it felt, and that would have been beautiful to reconnect then, so maybe it wouldn't have. But who knows? Like, it might have felt a bit more like, I don't know these people. What am I doing here? Um, but online, I was able to just actually experience what it, this woman's death. Yeah. So it was quite moving. That's <laughs> That's Yeah.
2: Well, and that's that's the thing too. It's like it's it's interesting that you say that. And it's something I've never thought about. Is that there's like, I've been to funerals where I feel like there's people that, again, because there's everyone there, they they have this, you know, I'm a man. I'm not going to cry. I'm going to stiff up her lip and whatever. I'll do that when I get home. And because you don't have the space necessarily, you're you're looking at eyes, you know. So I've never thought about that by having
0: mm-hmm. watching
2: something remotely. How it would be like give you the you, space to do that. I say
0: it gives you. I, you know a degree of grace because you're you're connected but you're in you're in your own safe space mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. well i would also say i hope this touching what we're talking about as soon as we're saying i'm just thinking about again i'm going to say the words patriarchal western culture so yeah. this is not all culture so a bit mm-hmm. of day like what we were talking about there are many cultures where you can Mm -hmm. feel that and you feel it together communally and it's so fucking healing yeah Yeah. so that's the part where we're living in such an isolated separated digital age that we're starting to re-get in touch with these feelings but oh my god here's hoping we can share them because that's part of what the deck was about is like can we talk about this together you're absolutely right we're definitely you know these references
0: are all very very specific to to this time and place
2: yeah absolutely that's that's funny because when you said that too about being the, the of howling and being able to like wail and do that yeah. it's my first thought was like you know again how uh, i had heard Ram Das talking about you know in india it's like death's in your face it's there and then when someone dies they get paraded through the street and they do that you know the or whatever and it's just people come out and pay their respects and they can cry and do that thing and nobody's like hey shut up mm-hmm. you know whereas you know when you're in a and again, a lot of times people will say, I don't ever go to church unless it's a wedding or a funeral. And then, so they really feel out of place. They really can't be comfortable. They can't do that thing. And, you know, it's, um, you know, you're kind of, cause you don't, you also don't want it to be like, don't look at me, you know? Cause there, there's that fear of being like being vulnerable too. And, and it's really interesting. Something you said too, is the more that you're like, you have this connection with people and they're like, Oh, I feel really good. And I, it's a stranger. and It's strange and it's, on to something to be and again like I had said earlier about how people when they come to terms with death being feeling like they're alive it's sort of like maybe we shouldn't be afraid you know like the more we actually look at it and go hmm this is cool you know this is or cool in the sense of being like calm you know it's it's okay
0: well i mean i think that to a degree in north america you know we're we're cutting ourselves uh, off or cutting off our nose to spite our face maybe because we're we're worried about judgment and appearance and and things like that in so many respects but but yeah we're missing we're missing social connection and social healing and normalization of very real physical and emotional things that happen to people because we're worried about this bizarre false well we are supposed to appear like this because that's normal but it's the exact opposite of normal so mm-hmm. how did we end up there like it's just it's bizarre
2: <laughs> <laughs> patriarchy well, <and> it's <laughs> disempowerment also, it's really funny too because people you know I noticed this by being friends with a lot of stand-up comedians and uh, some people through just not many degrees of separation you know big stand-up comedians that are, are you know world famous or North American famous and when someone big dies it's really interesting how the first thing they do on social media or whatever is they find the picture that they had with that person and posted it up and, and then they tell a story about them. This is when I did, which I think is like they're, they're actually nice and some of them are like really cool, but there's a weird thing to be like this is how I was in their life and how I was and which I don't think that's necessarily good or bad. It's just an observation. But I, I, I've, I found myself even – being like oh do i have a picture with that person i would or was i with and i'm like why do i care what am i doing like who is this for do you know and i and i think it's really like and i I think it's a good way sometimes to honor someone and sometimes there's really good stories but at the same time too there's this weird sort of i don't know like uh like about like a look at me i'm grieving too you Mm -hmm. know which i i don't people don't know how to so that's what they are like, you find a picture of yourself with that person, you put it on it, and he puts a really nice thing about the thing that they did for you that time. And that's how people deal with it. And they're like, okay, done. Now, how many likes did I get, you know, on that? And so be like, oh, I got 15 likes, and I was really grieving hard on this one. So, which I don't think is actually, you know, I again, I, I'm not looking at it with judgment. It's just, it's funny to me because I, I'm just looking it's at it as a funny it's, thing. It's a way of dissociating. Yeah, ex- that's exactly by, it. By putting it, yes. you
0: know, I, I think for my guess would be that for a lot of people, it's a little bit of a way of dissociating from the reality of the potential impact that might have for them. Exactly, there's and like a formula they can ex- follow. Well, I was just
2: going to say it's no different than the the, the funeral home menu card about mm-hmm. what would you like to do. You'd be like, would you like to post a picture of yourself with that person, or would you, you know? And so, which again, I'm not. There's no judgment on it. It's just like an observation to be like, what got us to this point, mm-hmm. right?
1: Well, you've, you've made me think of one of the questions on the call. <laughs> oh, yeah. Um, I don't ever pick them, so I don't want to answer this one just because then it's form- we're formulating our conversation. But um, well, Also,
2: we want people to buy the, to experience <laughs> them for
1: themselves. This is totally. Um,
2: so if we give away all the questions. It'll
1: right. Uh, I'll find the question, but it's about how do you feel about social media? Um, or media, not even social media, because some people read it as media in general. Some people read it as social media um i had some friends uh, start a business uh but i think it was a bit too far ahead of people's ability because nobody's talking about death until they absolutely have to death do the work um but they had a business about uh being your kind of backup to honor your social media accounts after you die mm, yeah so yeah that's a question that
2: i had recently yeah that remember? was
0: one of the things yeah. that um you know as, as i start connecting with people online mostly um, mostly through Instagram who who are having conversations about death or associated with death work I, never even occurred mm-hmm. to me until I started um, developing those those connections that yeah your, your digital legacy is like a thing you should think about which is funny because we, we live absolutely inundated with media and social media it should be an obvious next step but i really never thought about it until you start seeing apps and programs oh we can like automatically notify people when you die if you'd like or you know you can start building your online death album now which is part of me is mildly horrified because it's a for-profit thing but part of me is like that's actually that's something we should think about. Good idea. You know? mm-hmm. I, I'm not sure which way I feel about it.
1: Have you guys noticed lately Facebook? You know, I don't even want to.
3: No, ask the question.
1: <laughs> I've just probably have. That I don't go on it often. And when I do, it's, I just seem, it's all death these days. Mm. It's just constant posts about whether it's people or whether it's famous people um, just, I just see a lot of them kind of interesting. Again, maybe it's just that thing that I'm, to be anyway. honest, I
0: can't think of the last time I was actually, yeah, I was going to say Facebook. I'm not, yeah. I, I have an account strictly so that I can have messenger for the odd person from 4,000 years ago that I used to talk to, um, or once in a while to shop for something because <laughs> it's, it's where everybody lists everything used now, it seems yeah. like, yeah. but other than that, I, I can't even, I have not quote unquote scrolled Facebook in probably 10 years.
2: I, I'm the opposite. I will not opposite, but I would definitely. I'm on Facebook more, and it's, it is. I have always justified it as to be like, well, it's a connection to comedy. That's what it is, which it is. However, I know I'm, I know I've got my foot on the shore on that, right? And so I'm holding onto the boat too, that's going away. But I also know that there's like, I also get the visceral feeling of when I'm on Facebook of the best way I can describe it is that I feel like a, um, you remember old, old video games, when you would just run into the wall, and you just sit there, and your your guy would just be moving, and you're just sitting there, and you're like, "That's actually how I feel on Facebook, where I'm just like,
1: listen to your body." Yeah, because
2: you're, like you're looking at that, and you're like, when you're playing the game, you're like, "Oh, look at that! That's funny. The guy's just running into the wall and doing something," and then you're like, "Wait, he's still doing it. This is like, why? What's going on? Is the wall going to move? No, it's not. And it's just and there's a digital representation of a thing that's fake, and it's and it, more and more I realize that too, and it's it's actually really interesting too, where you know um it's whatever the digital imprint is of someone or what you it's 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 all actually how you know it's interest goes back to your art project it's like how people like go oh how's my social media face how's my you know the smile and whatever and and more and more too like we and i actually ironically or sometimes unironically go on Instagram or Facebook and I watch these things and I show them to Amanda sometimes and be like, who is this for? Why are they making this? And you could tell this took a lot of like, as we know, we shoot things sometimes for my comedy stuff and we're like, we're pretty on board with what we want and I can be professional, but there's sometimes three or four takes, right? When I'm looking at this thing and then there's subtitles on it too and there's this other thing and I'm like, this took a long time. (laughs) This was like, I'm I'm ignorant (laughs) with technology and I know like things come a little harder to me because I just don't care as much. And I know people can do things faster, but I'm still looking at them and be like, this is more than 15 minutes of time to do this 30 second thing. And which, again, no judgment, but I'm just like, who who is this for? Like, you know, because there's uh, literally, t- like, you know, hundreds of millions of people doing the exact same thing. It and I go, like,
0: it feels like we're making commercials of our lives. Yeah, it's exactly. Like a 30 second commercial spot for that's why I'm, my that's, life today.
2: And, and again, because we were, we were watching, some, it was funny because we were watching a show yesterday that we were like, we decided we're like, ah oh, because again, there's literally the world of every show and all new ones at your fingertips. And we're looking at it going, there's nothing on. But also <laughs> because not because we're like, we have highfalutin taste because we just don't care. don't we don't want to watch anything i'm like i don't want to oh this looks funny but then oh there's eight seasons i gotta give up a lot of time for that so we were watching this one show that was actually quite funny but then it was on a it was on an app that had commercials every more than it seemed like actual regular tv it was probably the same but halfway through we were like i'm like i don't this is a funny show but i can't watch these commercials because I feel like feel so like i are <laughs> so stupid. I think my brain has changed, this? or if
0: commercials have changed, but they are of course they've changed <laughs> so over the top, insanely ridiculous and condescending. I just can't. I can't, I can't even. I don't even know what to do with them. But and also, I'm like. Melts. But
2: also, that's like part of that like death of a system where I go. There's somebody out there that's paying big money for that commercial, mm-hmm. uh, that just the production of the commercial, and then they're paying for it to be online, and then they're also paying specifically to target it to this person. Which, again, would be me or, you know, on my TV, I'm watching it or my laptop and I go, this isn't for me. And I would, I can't imagine who this would ever influence to be like this. And, and you can tell that this cost, you know, I, I know my brother's in, in television and, and film production and, and he does commercials, too, for people. And he said he sh- shows me the bills that he sends people for like this like really good production value that he does. And I'm like <laughs> and I'm like this other one must have cost like uh, several million and it's like <laughs> how this for what? and then like i said that's a really good thing to be like this is a commercial for nobody
1: yeah like, um, that's what
2: it's social media is
1: well, it's part, part of that teaching. I'm loving, a couple of things happen. I love that you were grabbing your phone when you were talking about it. <laughs> Oh, yeah. It's just, I fidget, like, yes. it's just I have to touch my, the third the no, third, the third arm. I actually, you know what's funny? I will
2: say this. I'm In my defense, because this is not a video <laughs> podcast, I, I'm a fidgeter, and there's a little, there's a thing on the back of my phone that's yeah. a stand-up thing. And uh, so I'm actually, I don't even think about my phone that way. And actually, Amanda can attest to it. I've probably been a little worse in the past couple of weeks, just because I've been on, there has been like, But there's been more like weird interaction with that I've been on where I've been trying to book more shows and also trying to sell and buy things on Facebook. And so I've had like this weird, it's weird, like I've not, I've been going into it for that, but then I get sucked into other things. Yeah. But I really hate it. I really do. Like I honestly go, it's, it was, it's, it's more of like.
0: Well, it is interesting, you know, just to observe. I I, I know for a fact I do the same thing because I. I tended really not to be on social media at all. And I'm trying to actually weirdly, slightly actively be on a little bit with Instagram for the podcast. Well, that's how we met. Yeah. yeah I was going to exactly. bring that up is to say, like, here's that thing about trying to
1: keep on with the, with the heart of, at the root. But, like, that's but, the only reason I'm on them is for the desk conversation. Yeah, It game makes right me now. a little
0: bit, it makes me a little bit twitchy, but I'm sure, I'm sure that I do the same thing where I get sucked in. But, but like your energy when you've like put your phone down and forgotten about it f- for sure is so different than when your phone's kind of at hand and you're like, did somebody get back to me or whatever? And not necessarily in a bad way, just like, just really different, you know, um, as far as, as like, you, you actually almost, you, you sort of energetically feel like a ghost when you're on your phone. It's like, you're not actually like I could, he's at that put wall, put something through well, you. it's because
2: it's a, it's honestly, I mean, it's literally, I mean, the funny thing is, is that like, you know, with Facebook being like, we're going to create the metaverse and we're doing this thing. It's like, the The interesting thing is, it's like it's already exists, and that people can go into this world, and they also have this thing of being like, you know, you you the the fake, the fake Instagram world or the fake whatever. Again, making these, it's because if you're if you're if you know anything about the magic behind the scenes of like how television or anything is made or whatever, you know that it's not like it's made to look like it is off the cuff and, da, 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 and this is like, Oh, this is natural. And this is the way I do. Oh, I always wake up like this. And you know, um, you know, anyone with common sense knows it's fake, but it's no different than kind of what I do, which is in doing standup. There's a thing where, you know, when you're doing it, well, it looks like it's just run of thought, stream of consciousness. I'm doing this thing, but really it's a lot of work to get to that spot. So it is, it is, but however, the only way to actually do that magic is to be in the moment. So you have to like rehearse something, but then actually to make it work, you you have to not mm-hmm. think about what you're doing, mm-hmm. which just sounds really stupid, but mm-hmm. I don't know.
1: Well, I think I've actually, since we've been talking, it's like, oh, and then I forgot about the, the whole like, I feel like it's Facebook sponsoring this. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah it is. I forgot about the whole. Um, of course, I see all the death posts because I'm on there for death conversation yep. game, and I post to the death. Um, when I do post, it's to this like community networks, and right. it's a lot of end of life. A lot of the doulas have their pages, their website. Like it's just, yeah. it's become such a business manufacturer. So of course, that's why those ones come to the top of my feed, mm-hmm. and and that's just how it goes. But it's it's such a interesting. Uh, I I'm also just flabberg like as we're talking about this that awareness again our blinders we wouldn't be here if not for that Instagram connection Mm -hmm. yeah we can and they can pay us more than ten dollars for saying (laughs) absolutely
2: (laughs) well and that's what I'm saying is like you you can look at the evil of it but then you can just it depends on what power you want to give it to it right mm -hmm, that's the whole thing mm -hmm. it's like money or whatever Mm -hmm. how much power do you want to give this and it's like you so I think that there's value in it but I also it's actually interesting, too, to be like the Facebook and Instagram and those things are a really – we found a kind of a really good metaphor for life, too, because it's like it's no different than if you – Okay, well, I'm going to search up death thing. Do you have to do listed? And Facebook goes, Oh, you like that? We'll give you more. Right? Mm-hmm. And
1: bye, bye, bye. Yeah. And the, <laughs> you're the, not and, good enough. Bye, bye. <laughs> and I think your existence
2: in the world is like that. If you live in death, and or if you live in like, my life sucks. Uh, I hate this. It's like, okay, the world doesn't care. It's just going to be like, Oh, you like that? Okay, here's some more. Mm-hmm. And, you, and it'll just give it to you. And then people go, You know, how many times have you said, Could this day get any worse? And the universe goes, Yeah. Would you like some? and then you and you go okay and then you get it and you're like ah fuck you know you just how did, why did this happen to me <laughs> you know and and it and the internet does the exact same thing and i think there's there's value in it but there's also you know it's it's
0: I think don't it's get, just, it's don't going, get trapped. Yeah. That's it's all. It's going into things with some, with some, it doesn't even have to be like all the time, but some consciousness, some awareness. I, I regular, very regularly, Instagram is the only thing that, that I bother with because I like pretty pictures. Um, and I very regularly on my personal feed go through and weed out anyone that I'm following that, you know, has kind of veered away from the aesthetic that I, I specifically want to cultivate on that. You know, if, if it started to get, you know, I don't know, it's something that just doesn't, I I go there because I want to be uplifted. So I specifically, if, if it's... And it's not... Nothing personal with people that I or, or or general feeds that I weed out. It's just if it's not the thing that I feel like I need, I'm like okay, off off my list. So that it's so that it gives me what it is that I'm yeah. asking for. <laughs> it's
2: not yeah, it's not a, it's not like uh, let's create our own echo chamber, but it's more of like a
0: little for me a little bit it is, but I'm really but doing I think it that's <laughs> but I think
2: that's I think that's okay to do because I think it's one of those things where if you find something, I mean, I found this with podcasters that I've listened to in comedy where I'm like, this is amazing. It gets to the spot and then. I, some that I'd listened to for years and then I go back and I'm like oh yeah I've listened to that one for a while and then I go this isn't for me anymore It's and it's not that the thing is bad it's just not feeding me anymore and it's not you know and there's and I think for other people I think it's very valuable for them and they might still do that but it's like and you know I, I used to try to force feed myself with it and be like I'm just not listening properly I'm doing it and I'm like no it's just it's run its course you know it's not mm-hmm. you know it's one of those things where it's, it's uh Ramdas always said that is like the the method is the trap for salvation and different things and the the the, par- the paradox is that a good method is also a really good trap you know and i could see that from again being religious growing up i would see people that were wonderful or whatever but they were trapped in being like you know you know it's everything is outside of you and you, i'm the intermediary for god and you're doing it wrong just so you know, and you know, that's and that might have got them to a good spot at that time. But then they're like, if you're trapped in that, you're never going to be free from yourself because you're you're but that's the paradox is that a good method is a good trap. So. Right. Good. You better not. <laughs>
1: okay no, just social media off the table yeah. <laughs> this is sponsored by facebook now actually by the way instagram actually i think that was the winner from well our... they're owned by the same person i'm legally true. obligated to say that okay, as part of my okay, chip in my neck wonderful, yeah wonderful. So, <laughs> uh, we're gonna break now for some ads an ad for death conversation yeah, game exactly yeah
0: i really want to mm, i'll get there eventually i really want to be able to do like duncan trussell style ads Fake ads for Oh, yeah. Podcasts. That's a comedian that we know. That he, <laughs> I, I uh, love his. They're so bizarre. That's our job.
2: actually our favorite. There, there's two comedians we listen to and listen to their podcasts. And they, they still do ads. But they do them in such a way that are so... where the, the, They're insane. They're insane. They're and then also the crazy. people... The funny thing is that they're sort of anti-ads. So that people go, I don't really care about this product. If you haven't bought it by now, you're the idiot. And dah, 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 why are we doing this? And then they'll get people that will... They'll be like, you can't offend us. And they'll be like, oh, really? Let's see about that And they'll say the most offensive things with the ad. And then the next week they're still on because they they think it's funny because they're like they're roasting their own thing they they it's breaking the fourth wall of being like, I'm on a comedy podcast. so yes, I want the comedian to be funny about making fun of my product and say how horrible it is because at the end of the day they everyone they're knows they're about getting it. paid yeah. about, exactly they're talking yeah. about it. and people have made the mistakes about being, you know, quote unquote, You know, corporate corporations try to be, try to guess on being on the right side of things all the time, right? And being that way. And so it's hilarious when, when people go, you know what, that was really offensive what you said about our deodorant and we're canceling it. And then it's happened before where then people phone the deodorant company and go, that ad was hilarious. We want to buy some. And they go, well, we're not, we don't have that promo code anymore because we don't deal with that person. And they go, well, you're an idiot. And now we're not going to buy it. So they, they miss the point completely with, advertising on a, a podcast for comedy so but yes we would uh if you're listening up there facebook yes we will advertise your crappy platform <laughs> for the right amount of money or, so but we'll roast you the whole time
1: right. uh, i just want to say i'm not affiliated with <laughs> it <laughs> or actually it's a new one it's called book it's a new one so death face death face oh yeah oh, that's a good there go. social media there you
2: go. <laughs> yeah it's actually for dead people so hmm that's about how the pitch meeting would go i think Uh yeah exactly (laughs) hey they can't all be gold here
0: um are there any areas that uh, we haven't touched on yet that you want to you want to address you want to question anything
1: there's there's uh i think that there's such a plethora of areas that could be talked about (laughs) that i don't think there's any that, that i came to really wanting to to share on again, I like to just kind of organically go with whatever comes up. So I really appreciated our conversation. Um, give me a sec. Yeah, absolutely. Think. Take a um, moment. I'm curious. You guys have been doing this now for Not very long six now. months, three months? No. Um,
0: well, 12 months? Over a year. Over a year. Yeah. yeah. Okay. A
2: okay. Technically over a year, but we've had a hiatus. And uh, so back more doing it. Uh, more of like a hobby
0: job i I truly wouldn't call it a year i'd say we've been doing it for a couple of months we 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 germinated the idea a little over a year ago in a very short period of time recorded a couple of episodes and then life got massively in the way and we dropped everything um and really only came back to it about three months ago i would say it took us about a month to get up and running um and the podcast has actually been truly active for just two months now so, yeah, we're yeah. total babies. <laughs> I've,
1: I've appreciated it. I've listened to, to some of them um, and I've appreciated that that uh, impression of just learning here to, you know, open up the channels to talk about it. Um, so I think it's so absolutely necessary um, whether you're scared or not. It doesn't really matter. It's just lean in. What is it? I don't know. Um, but I, I can say with, with guarantee for myself that I do get more comfortable and more calm mm. every time I play and less uh, and when I'm feeling nervous about it I actually think it's kind of exciting It's like okay what am I going to learn today what am I going to where, where am I going to be different that, that I wouldn't be if I hadn't chosen to talk about this subject. Um,
2: I was going to say that's some of the best advice for doing stand up that i ever got was actually truly those words to be like cuz i'd be like my my I, my friend that runs a comedy club he he's i i don't never know really what to think <laughs> where what i know i understand the words he's coming about but i don't know what the motivation is behind it but he gives really good advice sometimes even if he doesn't take it for himself but he's like hey man are you nervous? Are you nervous? And this is early doing it and I was like yeah like not really like a little bit and he's like oh that's perfect. And he goes that means you care.
3: Mm-hmm, and i was like I was yeah. Like, oh yeah i
2: never thought about that because there's one thing about being stage fright and being nervous which is not what i i'm not a, i'm like oh there's people there but i'm like oh i'm nervous i, I do have that weird low grade like uh, mm-hmm. you know and he's like perfect mm-hmm. that's exactly something's what you want about to happen something exactly something's yeah. gonna happen but also you care because mm-hmm. if you went up there and you're not nervous then quit
1: yeah sincerity often requires a little bit of that vulnerability mm-hmm
0: and that's, you know, at the end of the day, that's what facing death is, is all. It's facing the ultimate, ultimate vulnerability, the, 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 the ultimate vulnerability, <laughs> um, also speech impediment. Yeah. You know, I, and and it's it. it I, I. Yeah, of course, it's going to make you nervous. Well, we,
2: we like it because, uh, I mean, Amanda, is I, I like to think of myself as, you know, I i I didn't graduate high school, but I'm, I know I'm a very intelligent person. And Amanda's the opposite scholastically of me that has three degrees and, and whatever. And one of the things that in humanity, we want to know that we know something and death is one of those things that we can never know. You and know? then I'm
1: pretty sure Ram Dass has said something about as soon as you think you know something, you know nothing at all. Yes. I'm exactly. sure. I'm just, I haven't seen that, but I'm going to guarantee there's something no, yeah, in there. yeah, hundred percent. And that's, that's, the, that's <laughs>
2: yeah. why we like Ram Dass, because we're like, Cause he goes, that's the problem in Western culture is that we want to, you know, we're so scientific. We're so got everything figured out to the minutia of everything, except for we want to know that we know Mm -hmm. and anyone that is, and that's, that's part of like the draw of some, you know, religions and, and whatever it is that, which I mean, again, might be a method to something, but it's also one of those things where they, uh, they go, Hey, we got it figured out here and this is the way. And, you know that's something another bit of advice that i've heard from someone is that the the things that are knowable the people that tell you that they have the answer go the opposite direction because they're you know they're it's not. It's never going to be good.
1: It's, well, there's that paradox of knowing that once you know something, it's unknown. But then, if you're saying you know it, it can't be a truth. Oh shit! <laughs> but I mean, yeah, that's, yes. that's that's another yeah. Ram yeah. sort of thing
0: like, too. Like I'm yeah. enlightened. Of Who's course. enlightened? Of course. I'm what? Of course, there should like be no I. Yes. Well, yeah. I wasn't even thinking about. It. I was thinking that that he, you know, he always comes back around to where are you uncomfortable lean into Mm -hmm. that that's where you're stuck that's where there's work to be done well we are fucking uncomfortable about death (laughs) yeah so we need to lean into that yeah because there's work to be done yeah yeah
1: Yeah. i i have um shared this before but i'm not going to assume that all your listeners i did a tedx talk and one of the things i said that mean meant a lot to me was just about that is that I've done a lot of work to learn to face the fears in my life and death is a, I can't really face that without dying so how can I while I'm living yeah. change that relationship and this is the closest I've come to be able, like this and then do the work like just the more I can learn about it the more the more there is that's it is an unknown I'm not trying to find the answer that's something I've come to accept is that I won't know what's happening until it happens mm-hmm, yeah. maybe there'll be some answer maybe it'll be black I don't know but wasting time while I'm living for me i I'm, wasting time is kind of a weird thing to say but for me I don't spend a whole lot of time trying to figure it out mm-hmm. I just want to know how like I think um, good death was something you mm-hmm. had mentioned just how to not live in fear of it mm-hmm. yeah um and the more I learn of it, the the safer I feel with it. Like, the more I learn that I can't know about certain parts and other parts I can know a lot about mm-hmm. a lot more. There's so much pre-planning and pre-life. <laughs> and now I'm like, well, I could say stuff from the death to a perspective of just how how considerate I think it is for your community to think about it before you think you need to.
0: I, leading into things, I had this really bizarre experience the other day. Uh, we went to um, try out a VR uh, simulator for the first time, just play some goofy games. Like we, I don't know, flew around as aliens or whatever it was. But, but they were the, spinning
1: against a wall. Okay. <laughs> yeah, <basically. laughs> Real um, life Facebook. I, I definitely tried to
0: walk into the real wall a couple of times. Thank <laughs> you. I, I definitely did. But. Um, <laughs> I had this, uh, the last thing that we tried, they're like, oh, try this, whatever the game was called. And you go in, you go up an elevator and then you can fly or you can try and um, walk off a plank, but you're up in a skyscraper, right? Um, and my, like, hands down, my biggest fear is the fear of falling. I don't know where it's come from. It's been that way all my life. Whenever I have nightmares, there's always falling involved. And I, it's VR and I've been having a blast the whole time doing goofy things. We'd even flown around a little bit in another game and it was very disorienting, but it was fun disorienting. And I get we, the the elevator door is open and there's this little VR plank there and you can walk out and and the door's open. And I was like, fuck no, that's it. Like it's, game over. Like, it's, I, I know I'm I know it's VR. I know I'm completely safe, and there is no goddamn way. And so in that moment, it was just too visceral. I couldn't I couldn't get past it. So I was like, yeah, we're closing the door. And we're going back down to ground level, and I'm just going to take this headset off and I'm done. Which was the end of our session anyhow, so it was fine. But then we walked outside and I was like, well shit. Now I have to go back and do it because I'm terrified and and I know there's no reason to be and obviously there's work to be done there because what am I what am I actually bumping up against when I know that I'm completely safe and I still can't do it because the, the sensation for me was absolutely no different than I went cliff jumping once when I was in Costa Rica and I was so excited to go I had I had like organized the outing I dragged other people on my tour along so that I could make this thing happen I was just over, over the moon. And we got there, we got to the first cliff and same thing. I walked up to the edge and went, fuck no. And I climbed down the damn cliff (laughs) because I I couldn't, it was so visceral. I just couldn't do it. Same thing. I knew damn well I was safe. So now we're going to have to go back and play VR again. Sometimes,
1: sometimes (laughs) I wonder about that kind of stuff. I had oddly enough near that uh, roller coaster a different time. I was doing the the rock climbing Mm -hmm. and then my body froze. And I actually was like, "This is insane!" Like I, I know I'm safe. I'm very agile and like I'm fine. But my body suddenly realized where it was in relation to the ground and completely froze. I couldn't let go to jump off. I couldn't. I had to really slowly walk myself down after a long period of time. But when I've talked about um, having traumas and learning uh, like sensorial awarenesses, I've done a lot of learning also against like. There's, there's Ram Dass, there's leaning in, there's also boundaries, right? Knowing when does my, that's where I was saying like, I love experience. I love being curious. I love challenging things. But sometimes my body, it's just like, I don't need to push it any further past certain areas. But I would love to like. I hope there's a follow up for if you do go back, like <laughs> I really because I, I love that willingness, like the roller coaster, just like okay, what is this gonna be? But that's a big. And change sometimes for me. we know where and when, right? Like yeah. when we have that space to to do that, leaning in, and when we can't. Like yeah. it's that. No, that's a big yeah. change. Make
0: I definitely would not have been able to. Like, I would have been like, no, that was awful. I don't want to go back. I would not have been able to Yeah, like, yeah. I, I need, I, I feel like I need to go back now. I still don't know if I'll be able to do Curious. it, but I feel like I need to try. Because yeah. I'm not, I'm not somebody that I, I don't consider myself particularly, I can be a little bit anxious, but I'm not particularly faint of heart. I'm not like a passer-outer or anything <laughs> like that. Um, and both of those, both in the real world when I was supposed to go cliff jumping and then in the weird VR thing, I was the instant, like the instant I got to the edge of the cliff, the instant those doors opened, I was like shit, I'm gonna pass out. I could feel my world going black. and I'm not that person. So it's like it whatever it is is
3: deep. Mm-hmm. Like this is really deep, mm-hmm.
0: you know, which is super bizarre because, I'm not going to die in a VR simulator. I love that
1: kind of shit. When you got that kind of fear and you're like, okay, is this one of those fears where it's going to be healthy to jump or is this my body saying, get the fuck out? Yeah. Like it's that, it's that thing about learning, okay, these are very similar feelings. Yeah. Which one is it? Because it's, 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 it's really cool when you have the courage to lean into that. Mm -hmm. What, what can be on the other side, like the complete unknown, like your body doesn't know what it feels like to have done that jump. And be standing afterwards,
0: right? I actually think I might go back and like sit on the floor. Yeah, and try doing it. Yeah, (laughs) because then I would feel like connected to the ground, even though I was technically falling. (laughs) See what see what that's like. It's kind of like how I bowl. (laughs) (laughs) Right.
2: (laughs) Well,
3: to be
1: fair, I was each to their own. Multiple truths.
2: (laughs) (laughs) I mean, to be fair too, I'm like, I mean, I'm kind of not afraid of heights, but I'm sort of like, "Hmm." yeah. And I did. I walked back. I didn't jump off. Yeah, you're like, okay, cool. Let's take out on this one (laughs) because it was the last thing we're doing. We had like three minutes left, and the girl's like, oh, did you go to this thing and check out the skyscraper? And we're like, nope. She's like, oh, you gotta go do that, and she's telling us how to do it. So we both do it. She's like, okay, you can walk the plank, and there's a pumpkin there. You can walk out and pick up the pumpkin. And then on and drop it and do whatever you want. Or you can just jump off or you can fly off. And I was like, I don't even want to jump off. I don't know why. Like, I know I'll be fine. Same thing. Yeah. But and and I was going to say the growth for me comes from I know Amanda. And she was like, that scared the shit out of me. I don't want to do it. And for me, I knew I was going to my my visceral answer to be like, well, that's what you have to do. You should jump off. But I kept my mouth shut. And it's (laughs) nice to hear her say that now because that's what I wanted to tell her, which I know that she's. But I was like, hmm interesting feelings <laughs> and i just shut the hell up
1: yeah, So boundaries and leaning mm-hmm. into fears and this is that that excitement um i was talking to somebody recently about the deck of cards and we were trying to like really hone in on what what the benefit is because i have my my stuff i was sort of saying when i first made it the art a- academia you know leaning in facilitate tool to uh, help conversations about death a uh, friend chosen friends family but what the what it really what brings that that um, energy or that inspiration to keep working on it is when I see the effect it has on people's energy mm-hmm. and on their bodies and their the light in their eyes of just like they might be scared shitless still but there's a little bit of something that's there's some ease there some calm or some some acceptance. And that is just magic. Well, you know, there's yeah. this
0: bizarre thing that I feel like I've slowly been learning as I've gotten older, where, no, no, ma- in my opinion, no matter how bad the bad thing is that you're about to be hit with, it is never as bad as not knowing. Mm-hmm. The, uh, the un- That's why horror movies work. Mm-hmm. Right up until that's they unknown. show you the bad guy. Yeah. And then you're like, oh, wow. Well, I mean, that's bad, but, you know. It's the it's the un, it's the it's the not knowing. So it's it's the ignoring death. It's not happening, it's not happening, it's not happening. That is way scarier in my opinion than looking it full in the face. That's even a roller coaster. If, even if mm-hmm. going in the up face and is and really scary.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And I mean the interesting like, well, thing I'm not I'm fine right now. I'm sitting, we're not mm-hmm. going down. Why am I worried about it's that expectation? But Pausana talks a lot about that, the craving and the aversion of just that actual moment of any joy or any pain is usually just a moment. But then you spend your whole time trying to avoid it or craving it. And then you're yeah. just never really in the moment of wherever you're at. Yeah, so, yeah
2: you're a time traveler yeah. without yeah. moving anywhere.
1: Yeah. I was thinking there was one more thing mm-hmm. I wanted to Yeah, share. absolutely. Um, and it's just, uh, again, about the deck because I don't want it to sound too much like, oh, it'll bring calm. I've managed to make it and I think from what I've seen how people respond to it in a way that whomever plays it whatever you need from it is what you'll get from it so I have some people who played it they don't ever want to play it again but they know that they're like they've told me they're grateful that they're they're thinking about it differently and they might still be scared shitless but they're 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 grateful that they're aware of that. Or some people, it's bringing them joy and they keep returning. Or other people, they just need the comfort of sharing about it with others. Some people are petrified and they are more calm or relieved afterwards. Um, but I don't think that it hasn't had an effect on many that have played it. But again, it's not, it's not, it doesn't have its chosen version of what kind of effect it's going to have on you. It's more how you interact with it. Um, and I found that to be, I worked really hard to, to word it in a way that hopefully whomever receives it receives it as they need to receive Mm -hmm. it and they might not know what it what it is they're needing before they go in so it's not like you have to have some i'm gonna learn this about death tonight like it's just trusting like what it's a safe enough space that what you're kind of curious about will come out like the questions often they'll say one thing but when people answer they talk about what they want to talk about they'll find a way to work that into most of the questions like whether they know it or not it's often usually i kind of giggle because almost all the questions interplay into each other Mm -hmm. throughout the game Mm -hmm. so if a question hasn't come up it's usually answered anyway so yeah
2: i the funny thing just occurred to me too is that you know like i i myself am trying to integrate more death into my comedy just because i've noticed more and more like i've had i have a couple okay good jokes about it but i when i'm talking about it it's actually like this it's 60 people in the room but you could hear a pin drop because Mm -hmm. people are like. Because they're not that they're like waiting for a punchline or whatever, because you can tell this thing of being like, he's talking about death and he's going to make it funny. Okay, how's that? So something just occurred to me, too, is like, you know, as a disarming way, you know, because I know that you don't want this isn't a commercial for your deck. This (laughs) is not this is a conversation about Mm -hmm. talking about a conversation. Mm -hmm. And it, it just occurred to me, you could you could actually make it fun, too. Like yeah. if you wanted to, you could oh, be yeah. like, "Here's the death thing," but just to make it fun, think of an absurd answer. You know, oh, yeah. it doesn't have to be this. And mm-hmm. so, as I think that it would fit because you could be like, you're trying to one up some pe- people with something horrible. Mm-hmm. You know, that's what makes things funny, and time and place, of course. But um, and that's, you know, that's
1: how the. The stand-up comedians play death conversation game. Yeah, I was like going to say, I feel like well, I want that for my friends. Too, <laughs> so that's. Well, there is a question in here about humor. It's like, is humor helpful in relation to death? Or, or just, it's a question about it. And I've actually, so far, the Sunday morning worship, I just happened to go Sunday, is that what they're called? The The Vancouver comedy troupe, the Sunday... Oh, I've heard of that. Yeah, yes. yeah. I don't know what they... Uh, I, uh, Sunday morning. Anyway, they're a regular Sunday. Um, they were at the Fox for a long time. Mm-hmm. I went with a girlfriend. They have a way that they... It's like interactive. Um, I forget the title of that kind of comedy when it's...
2: Uh, yeah, it's like you take suggestions from them. Yes. yes um, exactly. So they
1: were... My girlfriend grabbed my deck and was like, do this! So they actually oh, brought cool. it on stage. Oh, cool. and they made they made, a, they made a cute joke with it. Were you had, there for that too? I was, yeah. Oh, I was nice. there with her. And it was just... It was pretty great the way they were yes. teasing about it. Um... It was pretty funny. But I love the idea. That's that thing. Like, you've just given a prime example of how each person can interact with it however they need to. Yeah. Right? Oh, I'd play it both yeah. ways. I'd play it serious, yeah.
2: but I'd also think it would be well, you funny because I know. Yeah. <laughs>
1: <laughs> you've just been podcasting with me. About, it's been pretty serious so far. It's
0: true. But I mean, that really is, that really is the beauty of a tool like that is, is you know, because. There's there's so little structure that you created around it. People really can bring whatever energy and experience and and uh, whatever history they they have to it. And and it can become, yeah, become anything, really. And it's still ultimately going to achieve its its core purpose, which is the conversation.
1: Mm -hmm. And just to make you more comfortable, however you need to talk about it. Even even even
0: if you sat there and passed on every single card.
1: Oh, yeah. (laughs) You
0: still heard the questions. You you can't you can't help but be present for that you know yeah,
1: yeah. and the answers I've I've had some people be less active and I've just double checked and they're like well if we didn't want to be there we would have left like yeah. it's yeah yeah you know yeah. some funny. people are a little less the reason I do that going around and we do it online we have numbers so that everyone has the chance to talk is because usually in a group there's one person that likes or a few that like talking more mm-hmm. there's a few that are quiet but I generally prefer to give everyone the opportunity mm-hmm. to talk if they choose you
0: know, yeah okay i have one more question which you've already some, more or less um addressed in in various other answers but officially our wrap-up question is and feel free to answer this however you want um what does the concept of a good death mean to you
1: it's shifting um what is it today i have i was thinking about that i like to meet with you i like you're um, saying what's
0: what, t- what is it today
1: Yeah. Um, yeah,
2: because I answered that too at the beginning, and I, I I said a thing, and then I was like, I'm going to reserve my right to change my answer as I go, so don't worry. Yeah, no yeah, right and answer, that's actually yeah.
1: one of in the in the deck. I know I keep going back to the deck, but I do have a read first part, and it says that it's like these answers aren't meant to be yes or no. They're mm-hmm. just changing. It's for in the moment what you're feeling today. Um, so I'm going to answer that question mm-hmm. the same way. Um, last time I thought about it, it was to to do my best um, while I'm living to, to not be avoidant of some of the responsibilities um, like things like a will or if I need some advanced care details for if I become unable to like knowing who would be called and am I okay with that and yeah. doing the paperwork to fill that kind of stuff out. Um, There's a lot of like it's I think it's something that like anybody, same way you learn how to open a bank account. I think that as soon as you get a driver's license, you should be filling out those forms as well because you can die. You can get you can get incapable of making your own decisions at any time. Um, And we again, we have an avoidant culture. So I think a good death for me is doing the paperwork. Um, just so that if I do suddenly die, my friends and family have the honor of actually feeling what they need to feel instead of trying to clean up my mess, basically. Um, but then for me, emotionally, it is doing my best to continually lean in because it can get really scary talking about it. It can, I can, I was talking with someone yesterday about how if you're an emotional emp- I don't know the right, you know, there's so many different words for it, but empathic person, and you're hosting, and you're talking about these kinds of things. It can, it can, you can feel it, mm-hmm. um, you in your career. You know, oh, like, I'm
0: for for sure dissociated. Yeah, absolutely.
1: yeah. And and I, I I I do my best to remain as present as I possibly can be, but I have to be really careful about when and where I put myself because, um. So I guess preparing for a good death is to is to remain open to the, all the elements of death that I can while I'm alive. Um,
2: yeah that's really
3: yeah, yeah.
1: <laughs> it's not that
0: easy no it's it's, it's truly not <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm i'm on the cusp of taking a break from nursing because i've realized that i am super dissociated it's 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 a necessary skill but it is way too easy for me to walk from the room of the person that just died unexpectedly into the room with the person with the stubbed toe next door and just carry on without batting an eyelash but then i do weird things like i go to walmart and i break down in tears <laughs>
1: Yeah, you well, <laughs> and that's our bodies. That's why, again, I hope that what we're doing right now and I hope the deck and I hope death doulas, I hope that we were talking about this before, but just that this this what seems to be a building um, might still be in the sub sub of the sub cultures, but it's building and it's I think it's global and it's connecting Um Things like doulas should be in hospitals. There's too much like these kinds of things that you're being asked to take on more than a single person can handle. Emotionally and remain stable in their body, so of course you're disassociating. Yeah, and no. that doesn't mean you don't care; it means no. you care.
0: Yeah, and that's yeah. the. So. It's, it's, you know, you it and it sneaks up on you. You're like, oh, yeah. I'm, I'm coping. I'm doing okay. I'm eating well. I'm sleeping all right. Like you, you, I really do. Up until very recently, I was like, yeah, I'm, I'm okay. And then I was sort of half talking about taking a break, and I actually thought I was being kind of silly when I first started talking about it. And then I, I had a couple of just like really random kind of like miniature breakdowns where I was like, oh, actually. I'm not okay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Whoops. Mm-hmm. You know? So yeah, now it's, now it's going to be a real, a, for sure a break, <laughs> mm-hmm. but because I, I don't, I don't want to be dissociated. I want to be somebody who's capable of being present. Um, And, and, you know, my system's too overwhelmed right now to do that properly. Mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm. And that brings, we've talked a lot about culture and systemic. Um, COVID's helped me to, to remember again with appreciation and for, Some of the, how do I put this without, um, there is some structure where we, where as a communities we try to care for each other. Um, That can always grow and change. So that awareness that we are not all scientific animals Mm -hmm. that can process as much as we're being asked to. Um, so, So the return of previous methods like before industrialization death was in the home people built their own funeral caskets people were involved with the body Mm -hmm. so it's only been money and and religious that's religious systems and capital like it's Mm -hmm. it's separated the individual from the person it's it's only been the last couple generations for for what the the culture that i'm speaking to directly right now but it's i think it's great that we're that we're recognizing that. Mm-hmm. And that we're I seeing know, I think that it. It's that so we are, human.
0: We've really lost um, with the the medicalization and industrialization of death because there is there's a grace in processing when yeah, when you're dealing with your own dead. Which certainly I again, mean, you know, certainly that's gonna be a hard shift for us to make back. I think that people are really ingrained where we are. But I, I think that they're and I'm not saying everybody even has to embrace that. But I think that potentially there's there's a lot of of good things that can come out of that, um, you know, because you do you develop that comfort from exposure, you develop that closure because you know there's there's a process, and and I think inherently without even trying, there's a ceremony there when when we're actually dealing with our dead, that that I, I think could potentially be really valuable for people.
1: Mm-hmm. And there's that multiple truths of of. Since making the deck, there was a couple of people specifically I wanted to talk to. Mm-hmm. And I've had to learn, again, with the death doula work, it's helped me understand that's not how I'm going to be having this conversation with them. They're not, you know, again, not everybody can and everybody won't, but how do we make space for more of that mm-hmm. awareness? Some yeah. people will always be scared and running from it. And it's yeah. 200 years ago, I'm pretty sure there were some people that oh. weren't helping clean the body, you know, but, but as a whole... That that reconnection with community and each other is so essential to that feeling in our bodies, not being so quick to dissociate. Not like mm-hmm. we don't we yeah like go off about that, but yes,
0: <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I totally agree. Do you have anything else, Andrew?
2: Um, no. Well, other than to say that I'm going to stick up for capitalism one more time. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I'm out. No, right. <laughs> okay, no, no. But I was I actually just had a thought to be like it's really interesting how it's we've really. Um, it's a really good metaphor for how, you know, the, the for whatever we call it, um, you know, the, the, the capitalism behind death in the West is really a really, actually, it's, it's a, it's an actual uh, good metaphor for actual capitalism where we've done this thing where we've, you know, we've, we don't know anything about it. We've given all these people the power and said, tell us what we need to do we've disassociated with ourselves from it and then we don't actually get to experience it. And at the end of the day, it really only benefits a really small percentage of people. And not just in a money way, but like in a in a emotional way too, where it's like a really funny thing where you've kind of like given this thing to be like, We don't know, but you guys know, so tell us what to do. And and uh, and here's ten thousand dollars to, you know, and it's and it's it's a funny it's it's not funny, funny, ha ha ha. But it's it's interesting how we've done that, and it's through, you know, disassociating with it instead of looking at because, which is really a lot of what we do. Uh, again, metaphor for our life to be like we don't have agency over ourselves. We're like, you tell me how to fix this. I don't know. I'm not willing to do the work. I don't want to do this thing. I don't want to look in the mirror. I don't want to do this. And at the end of the day, I'd say it's it's not that bad, you know. Just like it's okay to look and if it takes a game that we have to do or in a card game and I think that's a great thing and that's why you know when Amanda had first reached out to me to be like hey what do you think of this because initially we you know we get crazies sometimes that that uh you know message us and we go yeah maybe we won't have them on you know and then but uh so we appreciate you contacting us and I think it was great and we were we we're interested because we uh you know it's anything that's this is what we're doing. It's anything that we can get this conversation started, mm-hmm. and um, mm-hmm. and uh, and we laughed today, and that's sort of why, what we want to do. Is we want to take the the fear and and laugh in the face of death. Mm-hmm. And so, I'm and sorry, I'm, I'm, I'm not trying to sell your game as a fun game, <laughs> but <laughs> no, I had it's fun okay. today. So it's yeah. great.
1: Yeah. I've had fun too, yeah. uh, and I also want to say it is bad for some people to look at it, but it's not. Mm. It's 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 worse not to if you have to. Right. I find like I want to say it's from a privileged space I sit right now I'm feeling very healthy I'm feeling very willing and and safe to be talking with you guys I know not everybody has that opportunity or that that privilege but I think if you if we do it's what we choose to do with that how can we best use that and I think that breaking down some of the barriers and co-creating new narratives to talking Mm -hmm. about death can help next generation whatever wherever and however, actually have words that they could use to talk about death because I knew I didn't have them. Um, so I think it's it's important to do what we can, where we can, and how within the system that we've talked well, I mean, quite a bit about. Well, I
0: the is, the system that we're living within was ultimately created, you know, one interaction at a time, um, maybe with less consciousness. So there's no reason that we can't one action at a time uncreate it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, and
1: think you'd also said something before about trusting and just knowing, like, maybe, <laughs> okay, I'm going to say something. <laughs> no, go for it. Maybe we're do all going to die. Maybe this mm-hmm. is part of the earth thing. Okay, you guys gave me enough time. Again, what happens if we accept that? What happens yeah. What happens when we said if we trust that what's going to happen is what's going to happen? Mm-hmm. So how do we do that the best we can while we're here once we recognize that and lean into that? So that gives me a lot of um, ability to keep doing the things that makes my body get all tingly and and I feel like I'm doing the right thing for for while I'm having the opportunity to breathe which is working on projects like this and talking on spaces like this so thank you for taking the energy to put it together
0: and it's so you know not just this conversation or this topic or anything just in general I'm never endingly struck by how things crop up in ways that you that you could never have seen coming right so we have this conversation today who knows who hears it and that twigs a thought that they comment on to someone else and da-da-da-da-da down the line. And then something that we may never be ever aware of mm-hmm. pops out of it that's really beneficial. You know, like truly who knows. I'd Like, like a $10 I'd...
2: offer from Spotify? <laughs> <I'd like laughs> I'm sorry.
0: If I like carried like to... bills these days. Yeah. Yeah. right? <laughs> I know, yes. But I'd like you could have bought the podcast. Like <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but yeah, it's, yeah. I, I just, I don't, I don't think that, I don't think that there's,
2: well, and honestly, and we don't side to try to
0: have the tra- talk. Mm-hmm.
2: Well, we're trying to go at it like you. We're just sort of like going. We like, you know, meeting interesting people and having these conversations and and also having the weird sort of like untangible thing of being like again, Instagram used the mm-hmm. universe or mm-hmm. the universe used Instagram to connect these things and we you know, as much as we're don't, we don't, we're not trying to be like there's no such thing as accidents and everything's divine. You know, it's like we, there's something about that too, where we go, hmm, this is not. It's there's it hasn't been many people we've talked to that were like, this is hard. What are we doing?
0: You know, mm-hmm. and, um, no, there really hasn't. Mm-hmm. Those
2: the honestly, the people that we have have just been our friends. Honestly, <laughs> <laughs> <It's>, uh, which, <laughs> so we already knew them. We're going to be tortured yeah. though. Which, and which if they're truly... listening, you know who I'm talking about. So. <laughs>
0: Which truly saying that there's been no awkward conversations, like that is actually one hell of a statement. Um, Andrew's mm-hmm. incredibly social. I don't, I've never observed anything that looks like an awkward conversation with him. For me, my whole <laughs> life is awkward conversation. So the fact that I have truly never felt awkward speaking to strangers um, since we started this, which, again, we're a baby, is mind boggling to me. Mm-hmm. It's, it's a beautiful
1: thing. Yeah. It's
0: phenomenal. So now that we've thoroughly bashed social media, um, where can people find you? Where can people find the deck? Yeah.
1: (laughs) That's great. Um, It's, thank you. (laughs) Um, It's super easy to find. It's just deathconversationgame.com. And then on Facebook and Instagram, deathconversationgame. So just straight up all one word, lowercase. So yeah, and, and we have Eventbrite uh, if you look up "Let's Talk About Death" or "Death Conversation Game," you'll find the stuff, the games. There's another one in coming up. There, are Right now, I'm trying to do them per season, right. so four times Do you tend to get people a from farther afield because yeah. by Zoom? Yeah. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. I've had. They're ten o'clock um, on Sunday mornings, so that's a time that works in the UK time zone mm. as well. Mm-hmm. So, I've tried to make it as as you know flexible as possible to include as many people as possible. Yeah. So yeah yeah and it's sliding scale for the talks. so I, again i want everyone who wants to talk about it to be able to talk about it so yeah thank you so much for having me this yeah thanks for great. coming yes. yeah appreciate True, it and truly. thanks for setting this up for us too Like yeah. we're, again we're out of
2: town we're in vancouver and and you're instrumental for us getting this recording space too.
1: So well, we it's like, it's 2 we're all creating this together. So whatever <laughs> I can do to help, I was, I was actually grateful when you reached out. I was like, Oh, good. I can. Oh,
0: cool. Okay. Thank you. I, th- I thank you. Yes. Thank you for, for <laughs> helping set this up. Thank you for being here. Truly a phenomenal conversation. Yay. Appreciate it so much. Yeah. Thank you.
1: Yay. Thank you.
0: <laughs> thank you for joining us. We hope we brought this dead conversation to life for you. If you enjoyed the podcast, please consider liking or subscribing on your chosen podcast player. Information related to the podcast can be found at the link in our Instagram profile, at tmtdpod, and you can always follow us while you're there. Finally, please share the love, tell a friend, maybe even a dead one, to check us out.